You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Count Out provides a wide variety of bonus content that is right at your fingertips. On the Count Out Patreon, our podcasts are creating bonus content exclusively for you, their listener. For only $5 a month, you can watch instant reactions to major shows, watch-alongs, early access to main feed podcasts, some fun goof and gag audio, plus shows from some of the podcasters' outside interests. It's the best way to experience all that the Countout Network has to offer. So head on down to patreon.com slash countout to take part in some of the best and most fun content wrestling has to offer. Again, that is patreon.com slash countout. everybody and welcome to ring post radio the only show where uh 10 minutes before you start recording your fiance tells you that your upcoming cousin-in-law uh happens to be a listener of your own show that that was a wild thing that happened to me right before we started recording scotty uh i'm your host ryan Nancy, and with me as always is the man the myth the legend scotty edwards scotty how you doing shout out to the cousin-in-law i think is that what you said yes cousin-in-law yeah um i'm doing great uh I'm tired. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm more tired today, which makes sense. Usually we do it in the morning than I am in the mornings, unless it's like I stay up for a show. Yeah. Because it's been raining all day. So, you know, this is this is kind of the way to bring my mood up. I got to sit here and talk about uh, some pro wrestling. Yeah, baby. Uh, yeah, it's a, and it's not, and the great news is it's not the most depressing news or anything that's had happening. It's, it's got some interesting stuff. We got some, some cool things, some great discussion topics to be had. We got a lot. Yeah. I mean, what's, what, nothing's depressing to talk about. I mean, half WWE's <laughs> office lost their job. Oh, you, know, well, you know, I didn't say everything was not depressing. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we'll, we'll have a lot to talk about, of course. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry that you, you're having a rough day, Scotty, my boy. It's okay. Rain, rain is just so depressing, you know. Yeah. Like it yeah. just, just sets you off. But I mean, grand slams this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I watched CMLL. Yeah, baby. Um, yeah, that's that's all I got. Well, we'll talk about grand slam. We'll talk about CMLL. We'll also preview New Japan and Noah. Ha- both have shows happening next week as well. Plus, we got a bunch of news. Um, so I think we'll just get right into it. I just realized I didn't put anything in order, but I think maybe the same thing will we'll kind of tip off this week is kind of how we tipped off last week since it's officially happened. Uh, and that is, of course, the official formation of the TKO Group, which is the new um, uh, merged company of WWE and UFC. That's right. It's finally happened. It it took place this past Tuesday. The formation is is in, is in place. And officially, as everyone was sort of talking about, the big headline that came out of it, I think, is... Well, there's several headlines that came out of it. But one of them is just like, you know, this is the first time in the history of going back with any iteration of the WWE, the WWF, the WWWF, um, Capital Wrestling Corporation, I forget what it was, um, 
corporate? I don't know. Uh, whatever iteration of this, this is the first time where the McMahons don't have full control of this company. We didn't really talk about it last week, but I think it just an interesting fact of this whole thing is that maybe five years ago, this was a family business. And then Nick Khan comes in, almost like the son Vince McMahon has never had, and it has fully become no longer a McMahon business. I mean, Vince McMahon still has control and he's on the board, but what are we talking? We're talking like 16% or something. We're talking like, you know, he has some power compared to uh, unilateral power um, over uh, I mean, over still everything. plenty of power there. Still plenty. Of still power. plenty of power. But, uh, you know, I, I was get power over a second company now. <laughs> that is true. He has not just power over the WWE. He has power over the UFC, a company that at one point in time, his son Shane was like, hey, but what if we bought UFC? And he's like, nah, we're good. Um, now on the, the foot's on the other thing. Um, it, it's, it, the more I thought about it too, about like how this isn't, how this is the first time where the McMahons aren't in full control, it then, and how this is no longer a family business, I then rattle, rattled out or really thought, took the thought experiment to the full length of it all of, you know, when it, you know, not to get morbid or anything, but whenever it happens, whenever Vince passes away, whenever he croaks, whenever he croaks, no, it could be, uh, it could be that bad about a year from now. It could be 10 years from now. Who knows? That they, it might be never. It might be never. His, I think his mom was alive. So like she was like 120 or some insane number like that. Uh, he'll keep working until then. It's insane. Um, but whenever that happens, there will be a position where no McMahon, unless something radically changes in the board and everything, there will be a, a possibility at some point in you and I's lifetime, Scotty, where yeah. no McMahon will have power over the WWE. Something that, again, five years ago, we thought was inevitable. It's it's going to happen. And I think it's then where it will be most interesting to me. Oh, you know, because yeah. like, because like we had what? three four months of no vince like that was pretty cool that was a that was an experience right it was, it was interesting um and then of course he came back and it was like all right it's back to square one uh-huh. um and now he's back in full power and stuff like that so ultimately it's like it's still gonna be the same wwe in many ways yeah. until he's gone yeah uh, so I think it's, that's kind of how I look at it. But I do want to say this. You know, for everyone that says things about the WWE titles, the UFC title is hideous. <laughs> that was my biggest takeaway from that big picture in front of uh, the uh, Wall Street or whatever yeah. with the, D- the TKO. The I was exchange. like, that belt is ugly as hell. Yeah. Damn. It's a- I don't want to hear a word about WWE ever again. It's about branding, baby. It's it's all about the branding. I don't care branding. if it's about branding. That's an ugly belt. I agree. I used, I used to, uh, whatever. Uh, but in terms of the TKO thing, they've started off with a bang. Is yeah, yeah, in yeah. many bags, I think. <laughs> yeah, um, I have a couple. Whether you look at whether you look at SmackDown or whether you look at signings, mm-hmm. they're once they finally join together. Yeah, it's very clear they're back in business now. Yeah, and I think that is, and not just that, but it also feels like the hiring freeze is over. You know. Yes. Well, that's what I mean by back in business. Yeah. I think. Things are about to get very spicy over the next five, six months. Sure. Because I think free agents are going to be there. 
that they're going to want there. And yet here's, here's the thing. They can pay for whoever they want. Even they're always going to be able to pay who they already have people, Mm -hmm. which we'll get to in a second. They've already paid for whoever they want. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. It, I think a lot of things that maybe weren't likely a year ago are more likely now because of TKO. And I don't know if I really would have realized that six months ago, you know, when this was first announced even. Yeah. And it's especially going to be interesting talking about that hiring uh, processes, you know, we're all still assuming and there are seemingly reports that there is still going to be a potential contracted wrestler uh, firing process, which may or may not be happening still. But there, at the very least, seems to be a hiring process. So you would, which, which is why it's like there has to be a firing process, process because it's right. like they're, mer- you know, they're merging companies. Surely they want to cut some of their, like some of their expenses out or whatever. But um, uh, 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 uh it, it, what's interesting is that like, yeah, it's there are free agents up and about. I mean, like Rey Mysterio's contract is technically up at the end of this month, and he feels like he has put over his son. He feels like he has formed this new Latino world order and he's about to put over Santos Escobar. And he put up, went to NXT and put over Dragon Lee. So it feels like, I don't know, his contract would be coming up due. Um, it, it feels like, you know, they have all these things that uh, are going to make the WWE product, at least in the short term, potentially more exciting, um, mm-hmm. which will be helpful, especially now that you know, ABC just announced that they're just going to run every football game they have on Monday on, yeah. on Monday. So that, that's tough. That's going to be very much needed for them, I think. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. And I, I think it's it's a lot of it is wait and see. It, you know, it, I think, like I said, it's interesting in the short term. There is the long term thing of it all of like, you know, how often do merged companies work out? Uh, yeah. And so what that will look like, obviously, you know, we'll get to it, but obviously the most of the firings that have taken place have pretty much only been on the WWE side. So obviously, as we sort of talked about last week in our preview of all this stuff, that it felt like there was going to be favoritism towards UFC because this again is... That's what they owned first. (laughs) Yeah, that's Endeavor slash UFC buying WWE and merging the two brands together. So there is seemingly favoritism on the UFC side. Um, so it is interesting to see like how much favoritism is going to be at play, how separate these things will all play out. Um, and we'll see, I don't know, man, short term. I think it's gonna be very spicy long term. We'll see. I I think it's, I think it's a wait and see at this point to see what that's going to look like. Yeah. I will say, I, I did think about this the other day, like how odd it is now that like the two biggest non-sports league entities are now one yes like that makes them huge and like that's why i understand why tko endeavor they went and did this Mm -hmm. you know like it makes sense you know it makes it makes so much sense of why you do this now you have the two combat sports-esque you know leagues combined the two biggest ones because there are smaller ones, obviously, AEW on the wrestling side and so on and so forth. And then on the um, mixed martial arts side, I think Bellator is actually closing. But you get my point. So I do um, I do think that is just an interesting like thing to look at from a world perspective because, uh, respective because I saw like so many like accounts that I have followed for years that 
obviously don't do wrestling stuff and they're like wwe and ufc have you know combined officially it's like that's crazy it's just crazy to think about like how big it actually is mm-hmm. um but yeah it is wait and see um i think o- overall uh but these next few months with uh, the amount of free agents coming up and the start that they've had it's definitely going to be spicy they've started this with the biggest bang i think possible within yeah. a week span yeah and well, I got a bunch of news, obviously, about all these things we'll get to. And uh, one other point I also want to mention is that what is also more interesting uh, through all of this is the something that WWE has always been trying to do is how these wrestlers and even more so these mixed martial artists, if we've already seen them sort of put foots into the door. Uh, Endeavor is a talent agency, right? At the end of the day, yep. that's what they are. So uh apparently apparently uh when i was listening to the Rep- wrestling observer radio uh apparently like uh jade cargill is repped by endeavor uh which is interesting um there you go but uh you know there is a talent agency so you know how are they going to get more of these people into the the foothold of pop culture the foothold of movies and televisions uh you know it's gonna be interesting to see how all that plays out as well but let's get to some of the news bits because we got a a crap ton um these are just various news bits that i thought were very interesting uh endeavor uh talked about endeavor executives ari Emanuel and mark shapiro had given an update on wb's talks for a new media rights deal obviously that's coming around the corner um they said that the this is the quote we're having very encouraging conversations with several players and platforms at the moment on WWE Raw and SmackDown. We're cautiously optimistic. We're in many ways being valued as a unicorn because we're a year a year round product. WWE is a full mm-hmm. calendar, yada yada yada, and that bodes well for these conversations. And I believe they'll have the results that are in line with market expectations. Um, they also eventually go on to say that this idea of, and I don't know if it was them or Nick Khan, this idea of selling packages to different cities and whatnot as sort of a you know uh smackdown on friday uh wwe uh on ufc on saturday ufc on saturday wb on sunday and selling these bulk packages to different cities um that's big money right there for that company mm -hmm. there's been the sort of like media rights people that have been the word has sort of been like amazon especially after Ari Emanuel and Triple H were spotted next to Amazon's Jeff Bezos at a Fashion Week show. Um, there's talks, obviously, USA Network. There is talks of you know ESPN Disney, especially with UFC already having that. Things we already kind of talked about, these same sort of names that we kind of talked about uh, in regards to who might buy the WWE five months ago, five plus months yeah. ago, but um, they're feeling good. They're feeling good about it, and they're feeling good about their potential uh, in the marketplace for these television deals. Uh, how could you not feel good right now if you're them, you know? Like, there's all these TV channels right now are scrambling to get <laughs> products on their screen. I mean, ABC Today just moved all of Monday Night Football to ABC. Like, it's, it's, on ES- it's been on ESPN for years and only on ESPN for years. Yeah. ABC has now moved 10 games, I think, for now, you know, and I'm sure they'll move more when the time comes. And this is a week after that last minute deal between, uh, uh, I forget what the broadcast company and Disney reached for the Monday night football games. Uh, yeah. where it was just like, it's like these TV rights deals are getting all over the place, especially again, on top of it all, 
you know, like you said about moving the games, all due to the writer strike and the yep. SAG actor strike, which like, is going to destroy Raw as is. Sure. Going from ESPN to ABC is just a brutal hit uh, for them as is. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but it doesn't matter because Raw, SmackDown, now they're trying with NXT. I don't know if we have that on the docket. Um, what what kind of WWE has done to pop a rating for NXT, but they are going all in and rightfully so at the right time. You get these talks going as soon as possible, which, you know, that's just comp, uh, business one-on-one, but you get these talks as, as soon as possible because what these networks are seeing is weekly television, weekly live television that they don't have right now. They don't have anything on television, let alone live live already has an advantage, right? Live sports that already has an advantage, but now you're bringing in the aspect that there's just nothing for them to put on. I mean, CBS is putting on Yellowstone, a a product of that they've had for years on TV for the first time. Cause it was on like Paramount or something like it's all these little things that these companies have to do right now. That is just giving WWE more money without a deal even happening yet. And that's going to benefit AEW as well. Yeah. A hundred percent. It is, you know, these things that we talked about, we talked about these months ago when the writer strike and actor strikes were starting is that, you know, this could be a prime opportunity for WWE, especially with the TV rights negotiating deal around the corner. And if they can find a way, I don't know when the UFC streamer deal is up. I don't know that off the top of my head. I, oh, feel I don't like, either. I wish I looked that up beforehand. I might look that up uh, while recording. Um, I don't know when that is up. But if you're able to... Work, I don't think it's soon. I don't think it's soon either. But if you can try to, at some point, get those deals to run out the same time, and you can sell those streaming deals... At the very least, streaming deals. I know we're talking TV rights, but at the very least, you can package the WWE and UFC streamer deals together yeah. as one big package. You know, you're talking massive money for TKO. And I think that's yeah. based on what they are saying in terms of selling tickets for various cities. I think that's yeah. something that is very much going to be in their interest. And maybe UFC can find a way to get onto television, proper, it, you know, proper television if they did a show. They used or to be, yeah. They used to be, but maybe that's, maybe that's something yeah. they intend it, to do as well. I think it kind of depends on how you look at it, right? Because I think what WWE did with Raw and SmackDown is still so smart, right? USA didn't want SmackDown anymore, so they sold it to Fox for a ton more money than they were, you know, than they were going to get from USA or anyone. And that is that has been part of the popularity rise. I will say that now Peacock is the biggest reason, um, but being on Fox doesn't hurt. You know, having 2 million plus eyes guaranteed on a weekly basis, it doesn't hurt. So it will be interesting how they sell moving forward. Uh, but it's very clear to me that I think they're going to somehow, some way, get Raw, SmackDown, and even NXT on TV, whether that be with one network or two or three. They're going to do anything they can to sell them because I think it's going to happen. And again, this this strike couldn't come at a better time for WWE. I don't like to look at it that way, but it's true. Well, let's talk about one of the major reasons why the strike is a benefit for WWE. And that is, of course, as we mentioned a couple weeks ago, John Cena made his return 
to the WWE and he's working a bunch of dates all over the place. And then, and we'll get to maybe why this was a distraction effort on WWE's part. But, and then uh, when The Rock was in town for a college football game day with Pat McAfee, the two of them showed up on Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Rock during that college football sort of interview talked about how WrestleMania 39 at SoFi Stadium with Roman Reigns was locked in. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that locked in quote. But at the very least, the potential of him teasing this idea of the match, Rock versus Roman Reigns, uh, maybe being at the next WrestleMania. They're showing up on SmackDown. What you know, Vince McMahon has a long history of not uh, marketing, um, you know, not pushing for something if it isn't going to happen. If The Rock's falling on TV, maybe the match is going to happen. That all being said, WrestleMania is in April. Will the actor strike be lasting that long? For fuck's sake, I hope not because I'm screwed. <laughs> um, but but you know you never know. Uh, you never know at the, at this rate. So the match at the very least is in the potentiality of the world. Uh, it is definitely up there. What do you think about the possibility of The Rock? Uh, and his return to WWE, and if he is fully going to come back for a match. If I had to give you a percentage of likely to happen, I'm at like a 70%. That's decent. I I think it's now or never. Mm -hmm. You either get The Rock on WrestleMania 40, he has his last match with Roman Reigns, and you move on. Yeah. Or it's never happened. Because another year is another eight, you know, another year he's older. I saw The Rock on Friday. He looks like he's in the right shape. You know, like, not that he ever isn't, but you know what I mean. But there's a difference Uh, between wrestling shape and uh, acting shape. The Rock doesn't just talk about these things to talk about these things. You know, the locked in part, listen. Let's just be for real. Vince McMahon got in trouble, and that changed everything. Okay. Do, do you want the? I have the quote from the Observer from last January when uh, mm. it was talking about. Do you want me to read that real quick? Yes, please. So this is, of course, back in January earlier this year, prior to the Royal Rumble, when uh, Dave Meltzer wrote about uh, how Rock wasn't going to wrestle at WrestleMania. The quote is: "We were told that unless he changes his mind in the next few days, since a deadline for Mania plans is coming." that he's indicated he won't have time to get in that kind of shape he feels he needs to be in to do a main event match with Roman Reigns, but kept the door open for something in the future. Of course, it's a possibility that something being kept a secret from everyone, obviously, that turned out not to be true. Uh, And then Dave goes on to talk about his various projects, launching the XFL, and all the movies that he obviously does. Timing sets up perfectly right now. I I don't think the writer's strike lasts another six months, but there's still enough time to make these things work now because he doesn't have, yes, he has projects waiting in the wings, but he can map it out now. Sure. You know, like, sure. The strike, the strike could end tomorrow. Right. That's, that's yeah. true. I would love that. You have no idea. It'd be great. For, it'd be great for you. Um, <laughs> but even money, like, man. even if it, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's three months down the line, whether it's six months down the line, they can plan around this now because he has nothing else to do. And The Rock isn't going to go on something that's so public mm-hmm. 
and talk about such a match and then talk about the idea of the match still happening, yep. mind you. That's the part that gave it away for me. Unless something is very, very possible. That's why I'm at 70% happens. I really do think WrestleMania 40, Roman Rock, Roman at the peak of his power, Roman, the Rock is the Rock. Like, it's got to happen now. And yeah, it obviously sucks for someone like a Cody Rhodes and stuff like that. But listen, you don't pass up on the rock. <laughs> okay. Like it's just yeah. the truth. That's that is I that's the thing, is I, I I think Dave talked about it on a wrestling observer radio that this idea of like this is a new age for the rock, right? From even then. He got a huge pop this past Friday, obviously. He was very thankful for that sort of pop. He was willing to call it a top five pop in his career. Yeah. Uh, and there's been a lot of great pops over his career. It was an incredible pop. Uh, you couldn't hear the music. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this idea of would he being in the main event of WrestleMania uh, upset people? People that are like they expect the Cody Rhodes story to, to no. finally be finished. Would it upset no. people? And I agree. Dave was all like, oh, he, he, people are going to boo him and you know, all this stuff. And he sort of referenced the idea of like when Roman was booed with The Rock at Royal Rumble, like even The Rock couldn't save that decision. Yeah. But I think at this point, if you're teasing The Rock and you lead up to that story, I think WB fans will fully on board. I, I think mm-hmm. they'll be ups- I think there might be a portion of people that would be upset that Cody's not in it. Um, and that is perfectly fine. Um, he just won the title before. That's another great point. Doesn't have to be WrestleMania. And also, The Rock doesn't have to face Roman at WrestleMania, too. I mean, again, he shouldn't he, as a champion. No, <laughs> we're talking about it, right? Uh, this idea of like the writer's strike happening for another six months. The yeah. safer bet for The Rock and WWE is to do a match at like the Royal Rumble, you know, like do a yeah, match. Well, that ain't gonna happen. I know, but th- this idea of like <laughs> yeah. doing a match not that far down the line at far enough. That's like the actors, like the, uh, the little update on the strikes and whatnot, the writers and the studios are meeting again this week to get to negotiations. Do I think they're going to end? I don't know. They're probably going to take at least a month long to, to come around. Uh, I think the, the biggest proponents of uh, on the studio side were David Zaslaw of Warner media and Bob Iger of Disney. Disney feels like they're unwavering in everything they're doing. David Zasloff uh, was quoted at one point in time when, in regards to the merger of Discovery and Warner Media about, you know, we know we're in bad situation when our CFO comes a calling because I believe the quote is, then we'll know we're fucked. Uh, this past week, the CEO, CFO of Warner Media Discovery was like, hey, we should end these strikes uh, because it's not good for us financially. So I think there's a solid chance that the writer strikes will finally end. But that all being said, if they end, it's going to take probably till the end of September. And then they would have to get to the, the actors and however long that may take. Um, so you're not, you're, there's a chance that you're not looking at actors coming back till like the new year till like yeah. January, maybe as early as December. But at that point, you know, we got all, we all get two weeks off at the end of the year of December anyway. Right. So there's a good chance it might not nothing might happen with the actors until January. Because at the same time, we're gonna even if they come back, you know, settle on something, productions will resume again. But all the new stuff, the writers have to write. <laughs> so mm-hmm. who knows what's gonna happen? Yeah. Um, to me, I just think like 
The Rock. The here's how I would do it. If the rock, if you get the rock to confirm to actually lock it in, uh, he likes to say locked in. If you actually get this locked in, and I think it's more likely now because he has a great relationship with the UFC yep. aspect of this as well. Yep. That's why, like him being the first person essentially to show up on Endeavor owned mm-hmm. WWE television was a very big like. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I know they're not like own slash they don't fully own them, but you know you get my point. Sure. Um. To me, I think that was a big sign of like, okay, if he's going to do this, it's going to be now because of these relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would book it in the sense that Roman's not even champion when you do the match. Because Roman doesn't need to be champion to face The Rock. He does not need to have the title around his waist yeah. to face The Rock. Back to the, the old Cody Rhodes should have won the title at WrestleMania bit. This whole oh, thing has been God. about the tribal chief, not the championship. You know, you, you can... know what would be the right thing to do based off of timing? Survivor Series is in Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, that, that is true. That's pretty much like a former home of AEW to me. You know? Former? <laughs> well, the former home of Cody Rhodes who was in AEW, I should say. Sure. Um, not former AEW. Not former home of AEW. <laughs> AEW very helped, you know, yeah. well. Still very <laughs> still very much running Chicago. Even even with the above God, they yeah. still run Chicago. Uh-huh. Um but my point is, is that I would just have him beat the win the title there. They've started some random story with the Usos that I don't really understand. That involves Cody Rhodes. So to me, you're just pretty much setting that up anyways. So you either just do it at the Rumble or you do it at Survivor Series. One of the next two big shows, you call it a day, Roman loses the belt, then you can go to The Rock. But that's only if The Rock says yes. And he has to be locked in. You know, you can't just do it. Yeah. Like, otherwise, you just wait till WrestleMania and have Cody beat him there. If that's the plan, I, I don't know why we're all acting like this is guaranteed the plan. Yeah. I don't think anything's locked in. We're in the bottom of the third, baby. We don't know anything. We don't know anything. Bottom so I just want to I just want to put that out there. Um, I I got. Yeah, it's. It's big that the rocks back mm-hmm. now. It's wait and see. Exactly. And we'll we'll wait and see for sure. I'd mentioned it at the top when we were talking about the rock uh, that maybe perhaps the Rock being in WWE on SmackDown was a, a little bit of a distraction in terms of the PR department and of what's left of the WWE PR department because on Friday, there were multiple, uh, I believe it said 100 people were laid off uh, from WWE specifically following Endeavor, Endeavor's acquisition of WWE, which included multiple executives. Earlier in the week, uh, I believe it was the CFO, Frank Riddick, who previously was an interim CEO uh, during the Vince McMahon stuff, uh, stuff, uh, accusations, the canceling, <laughs> all that stuff. Um, uh, he he didn't he, like didn't really fire. He kind of just like kind of left. Uh, but there were a bunch of other people that left along with various departments. Uh, the big names coming out of it was Jamie Horowitz, who was one of Nick Khan's first hires coming to WWE uh, from ESPN. He was the EVP of Development in Digital. And Catherine Newman, the EVP and head of marketing, which honestly, I feel like the Catherine Newman one's a big loss. I feel like WWE has a great marketing department and losing mm-hmm. your head of marketing, I think, is a bold move. 
Um, like we said, Horowitz uh, uh, was hired in WB in June 2021 uh, by Nick Khan. Um, he was previously worked for ESPN, Fox Sports, and Dazzin, um, and also had uh, sexual harassment claims, but that's a whole other story. Um, uh, Catherine Newman was a chief marketing officer for Manchester United. Uh, there was also uh, the Amanda Bloom was let go. She worked as the director of enterprise master data and governance. Um, she was there for eight years. Uh, and then a bunch of other employees across different uh, departments, including like the podcast department, which I can't believe was still a thing. Uh, the video departments and all of that stuff like that. And yeah. also Dana Warrior was a name listed as well. But I don't. I don't think that's much of a surprise for most people. Guess that's the most notable. Like wrestling fans would know the name. Sure, person. sure. Yeah, and I, you know, I think like the the podcast departments. I think that was a long time coming, anyways. Too. Um, didn't even know they still had a podcast department. Honestly, didn't. I. I it was the only person working there. Uh, uh, what's his face from? Uh, oh, what's his name? The old, the old uh, wrestle sheet guy. Remember him? He worked on TMZ. Oh, Ryan Satin. Yeah. Did he, is he the only guy that was part of the hey, podcast I don't department? Think he, he wouldn't work with Fox. No, I think he was with Fox. Is the podcast department the ringer as well? Is that are they part of that department? Uh, I don't know. Uh, are those I, shows still around? I don't that there you go. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I think it's safe. But yeah, like we said, uh, terrible news to come about it. This was obviously an expectation from everybody that people are going to be let go. I think those are some bold names to, to let go as well. Uh, I don't know who holds the positions on the UFC side, so I can't necessarily compare and contrast. Also, I'm an idiot. I don't necessarily know how to compare and contrast those sort of things. Um, well, UFC does really well, so maybe that will help. <laughs> that, the, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, the argument is who does better at marketing, UFC or WWE? I almost feel like the WWE does better at marketing. but I'm going to assume the UFC just because UFC is a bigger entity and hotter than like sure. most things. That's sure. That's that's sure to be true. But I don't know. I can't, I couldn't really tell you. Like I can't I mean, sit you, here and tell you, you, you one person You talk about the championship the belt. Show. You talk about the UFC championship belt. That's got to be part of the marketing department. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I think that's Dana White's creation. Yeah, that might be true. You might have been told by um, the marketing I, department. I just want to say on this, like, it sucks that people lose their jobs. End the story. Yeah. Like, that's the big thing. And unfortunately, we are sitting here probably awaiting more jobs to be lost, which is just the shame of it. It's the expectation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, that's not just a wrestling thing. That is business. Yeah, that is a every merger is going to have this sort of process. And you have duplicate jobs across now a merged company. There are going to be these firings. Uh, And it's a shame that has to happen, but that is the reality of business and mergers. Um, On Friday, there was also reports saying that uh, talent cuts were also on the way. People presume Friday, but they haven't happened as of 7.45 p.m. on Monday night. Nothing's happened talent-wise either. The, the reports about that, I just want to say, like, the reports of that is like, wow, good assumption. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I saw, I saw, there was, I see that every once in a while about, like, news. Uh, I think yeah. I, I think I saw that in regards to CM Punk today, where it was like, CM Punk's not going to sue AEW. I was like, yeah, I mean, it would be stupid for him to sue that. <laughs> Apparently, there's video footage of him I don't know, maybe attacking his boss. So <laughs> sounds like a losing effort there. <laughs> Look, man, I don't I don't think it would be smart to sue this man with billions of dollars and great lawyers, probably. He, he's already sued he's already had to be in legal troubles. I'm sure he doesn't want to do that again. No, no. Um 
but yeah uh so yeah as of right now there aren't any firings i mean as of right now they're literally uh a talent camps in nxt uh so there might be hiring people soon these hiring freezes might finally be over so who knows what's going to happen there the unfortunate reality here is i don't want to say one person's going to lose their job any person's going to lose their job but based off of ufc's history if anyone's going to lose their job, it's going to be maybe some people that never seen TV, which would be a lot NXT. of NXT. Yeah. And it could be bigger names that are kind of older. Yeah. That's also possible. I'm not going to say like Brock Lesnar, obviously, but like, I'm not going to name anyone because that's not something I want to do, but I'm just saying if that's a UFC thing, mm-hmm. when people get older and, you know, maybe they're not a main event locked in star. They, they lose their jobs. And if, they, if they're not big in terms of merchandise or something like that, mm-hmm. that's always a possibility as well. If they're trying to cut costs, which yep. you're going to cut a lot more costs there than somewhere in the farm system. Exactly. Exactly. And, I, you know, I'll mention two names, not as firings, but rather of just letting contracts run out. I think Edge is a contract. The UFC TKO would easily learn out. Yeah. Uh, and I think Rey Mysterio, like I said at the top, his contract runs out at the end of the month, and he's obviously been putting people over and making new yeah. quote-unquote stars for WWE for the past several months, up to a year. I think you would easily let his contract run out. Do Legends deals end? You know what I mean? Like, is that yeah. is, that's, is that something that uh, TKO is going to yeah, I have no idea how expensive those are. But is that something that, like, are they going to be worthwhile? And that's a huge thing because you never know. You know, if if a legend deal runs out, then Kechimuto returns to Noah. And, you know, that's and then we're back, baby. Huh. Uh, I think a lot of legends deals are, like, merchandise-oriented, yes. mostly. Yes. Um, I don't think it's – because so many of them, like, do other dates, you know? Yes. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's something like they're not going to let Steve Austin run out on a Legends deal, but I'm sure they're going to allow Sergeant Slaughter to uh, to close up shot for the WWE. Yeah, maybe the Dudleys who they just signed the Legends deal. (laughs) Bully Um, bully Ray, I can't wait. Um, Yeah, these are the things of like you know, those are the sort of like examples I can think of of that you're sort of talking about, and I I don't want that any to happen on anyone. But again, yeah. there is this is the nature of the beast, and it's not great, but who the heck knows? Um, that being said, they're bringing in people. The hiring freeze seems to be over, and the big name that was making the rounds this past week, um, <laughs> someone that I'm sure if they showed up for, I don't know, an upcoming NXT Women's Breakout Tournament, I believe starting this Tuesday, um, if, if, the happen, if they happened to maybe showed up, uh, on this Tuesday, who knows, uh, is Jade Cargill. Last week, this was off everyone's radar, and then all of a sudden, it appears that Jade Cargill is gone from AEW and is reporting to yeah. the Performance Center in NXT and WWE today. And I select drop that bomb and at like 2.30 a.m. <laughs> mm-hmm, and is seemingly going straight to the WWE. Uh, as far as anyone can tell, it doesn't seem like this was obviously a contentious breakup, a, a firing, a quitting uh, from uh, Jade Cargill or AEW Tony Khan's side. As far as anyone can tell, this is just sort of an amicable sort of like sort of thing. I mean, I've heard a lot of people's thoughts on it. I, the biggest thought I can think of is like Jade wanting to become more of a star uh, and maybe get a different amount of training 
with darks and everything being gone, there's less spots basically for Jade Cargill to wrestle. Plus, if you're Tony Khan, you just did an undefeated streak and one and had that end now kind of twice. Uh, what do you do now more with Jade Cargill? Uh, letting her flourish in a different company is not necessarily a lose-lose in that aspect. But that all being said, uh, what do you think about Jade Cargill leaving AEW? And what do you think about her reporting to WWE? Uh, it's a brilliant move for Jade Cargill. She is... And we, I think we've talked about this a lot on this show, just reviewing her matches or anything like that. She, like, she is a star that should already be made, if that makes sense. Um, and I think WWE is truly the perfect place for her at the end of the day. Uh, you know, as much as, as much as I truthfully, like she, in terms of the women's division for AW, she will be the biggest dropping of the ball. And I say that as someone who saw her have an undefeated streak, but it was an undefeated streak that was so directionless for so long that it made people pretty much be like, all right, I don't care about Jade anymore. Jade had like a real aura to her for a good first half of her run, I think. And then we just got to this point in the undefeated streak where it's like, Oh, um, she's on one. She's on TV once a month, and her match is like against Anna J for like four minutes. That happened on pay per view, I think, twice. It's like, at what point are you going to make this interesting for everybody? And it's in it, there are conversations to be had about her and her improvement in the ring and stuff like that. The AEW system is a really difficult place to learn pro wrestling. And I say that I because so they don't they don't wrestle enough. Unless you're doing indies on your own, like a Sky Blue does, for example. Yeah. Or Billy Starks. Or even the you're not Yes, exactly. Like you're not gonna get the in-ring reps and mo and you know, at the end of the day, you just need the matches. Like you can practice in a ring all you want. Yeah. Jade practiced with Brian Danielson of all people. Yeah. But it's not going to do enough. And listen, we have our thoughts about the performance center. We have our thoughts about WWE training. It's going to benefit Jade a lot to have that. Yeah. And I think this is the perfect move all around because sadly we got to a point, I think in AEW where, what were you going to do with her next? You dropped the ball months ago. Like this was to me, it was like, all right, this is just probably the best for both moves. The AEW women's division can go a different direction. Now they get focus elsewhere. She should be their biggest women's star. Like, I think a lot of people said that was her potential and maybe it was for a little bit there, but we never, I think got to where it should have been. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that feeling was also in part to like waiting for Chris Statlander to come yes. back from injury. But I felt, I feel like a lot of people felt that way even before Chris Statlander was getting injured, and that it was like, oh, it should be Chris Statlander that defeats her, or you know, I remember a Willow should be her at one point. Like, like even before Chris got injured, there was starting to get that turn of, yeah. all right, this is going on a little bit too long. Same thing of like, we're not necessarily seeing improvement from Jade Cargill. 
And I think the big thing that isn't talked about enough, and I'm so glad he brought it up, is that this idea of can AEW develop wrestlers' skills anymore? Um, it seems that the idea was, and Tony Khan mentioned this again at one point in time, that uh, AEW Dark and AEW Dark Elevation was their performance center. Uh, but since the, uh, um, you know, whatever deal they struck, their uh, in- not inclusive, exclusive deal that they struck with WBD, where it ended Dark and Dark Elevation, that went away. And now all these people that show up, you know, some maybe a little bit bigger stars that show up for Dark and Dark Elevation are no longer able to do that. Now, if you're showing up on Dynamite, there might be one or two Dark matches at the beginning, then the Rampage taping afterwards. Show yeah. for a collision, you get Ring of Honor, but Ring of Honor also has its own group of people that are not on AEW television. Uh, right. So you have this this sort of de- performance center, as Tony Khan once said, suddenly gone. Um, and it's a matter of how can these people get reps? Yes, Jade Cargill can wrestle and train with the best wrestler in the world, Brian Danielson. But if she's not going out there and wrestling on Dark, Dark Elevation, wrestling on Ring of Honor even, wrestling on Rampage, wrestling on uh, uh, the, those house shows, then she's not getting enough reps. And they wanted to, you know, cap off all of her time, uh, you know, constantly being like, okay, we're going to cap it off at like 20, 30, 40, 50. They wanted to make it a good number. They could have easily gone mm-hmm. up to 100 and then have Chris Stantler do that. And then obviously Jade would then have 100 matches. You know, she has, I mean, let's look at, let's look at old Jade Cargill's uh, uh, cage match here to see how many matches she has had. Let's see. Jade Cargill, 31 years old, has only wrestled 64 matches. Uh, And that is roughly one match a month. Maybe two, maybe two, maybe three, maybe four. How many of them went over five minutes? Another great point. How many of these matches went over five minutes? Um, yeah. It, it is just simply not enough time. Uh, her, no. her most amount of matches in one month was September 2021. She wrestled six matches, which is a decent number for a TV wrestler, I guess. Uh, but we're talking Dark, All Out, Dark Elevation, Dark, Dynamite, and Rampage. Of that, three of them were sub a minute 30. One of them was six minutes, one of them was nine minutes, and the other one was a casino battle royal. Uh, where that doesn't really count. <laughs> I mean, I guess no, it counts. I would, I would say that does not. No. So it is is simply someone who doesn't get enough reps, and it feels like the development model for AEW has changed to a point where unless you're working Ring of Honor... I don't know how, or, or I don't know how much reps you're going to get within the W the AEW system because, as we've seen with everything else, it's like we talked about it before in regards to the AEW Women's Division. We're speaking about Jade Cargill. That one of the reason that the Women's Division I feel is very stunted is because they only get one match a show on, on like Dynamite or Rampage or Collision, mm-hmm. uh, and then you so then you can only give two, four, six people a week a rep. Uh, to potentially have some sort of match. Uh, not counting if they wrestle the main event of Rampage and then ra- wrestle the main event of Collision the same week. Um, there are just not enough spots for these women to get more reps. Uh, 
And unless they're working Ring of Honor, which a lot of these women or indies or, or indies, which a lot of these women just simply aren't. Um, same thing goes with the men, of course. And you're not developing stars fast enough or consistently enough. You're not giving it women enough uh, reps. So it's just naturally because of all this, the women's division is going to be naturally stunted. Uh, yeah. And it's just like there is no, seemingly no way to fix that unless you work indie dates uh, or work Ring of Honor, which is already semi-exclusive to specific people. Uh, what? That all being said, Jade Cargill going to XT, way more reps she's going to get. She's going to wrestle multiple times. She might not go to NXT. We'll talk about that, but I mean sort of the performance yeah. center, I should probably say. Yeah. We'll talk exactly. about where she could go in a second, but uh, going to the performance I, center, she'll get way more reps. She'll wrestle all the time uh, and get concentrating about it, yeah. and I, I think that'd be a huge improvement to her career, hopefully. Maybe it may, yeah. maybe we've seen the peak of Jade Cargill, but maybe we have it, and maybe we'll see more of it in, that, in the performance center. I just, I just think it's a place where, you know, unfortunately, like, raw athletes can't necessarily go. Because they're just not going to learn everything they need to learn through the simpleness that's a, of you know wrestling in the ring. That's a fantastic point. How often has AEW turned raw athletes into stars versus WWE? Into uh, not stars, I'll say wrestling. I mean, don't get me wrong. WWE has that in them. Like that's what they've always done. Sure, but they're but, way, the, your the argument. You're. It feels like the argument you're making is that like. WWE is way better at turning athletes in and training them how to wrestle than AEW yeah. is. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, they only the, AEW's only had a handful. Let's think. Let, some, let's let's a go go. Anthony go go. I don't know about that one. Big Jay, tall giant guy. I can't think of the name of Paul White. <laughs> no, uh, the Indian guy. Trench. <laughs> Trench. Trench. Actually, Trench was someone I believe. He was yeah, a baseball was great. player. Jane. Um no the 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 guy with Jeff Jarrett oh Satnam Singh yeah uh, say he's much Jade uh, Jade obviously Ooh, a lot of these people are barely doing anything I'm looking through the roster page right now to see if anyone else sticks out to me I don't I don't know if if Colton Gunn or Austin Gunn did anything beforehand Hook. If you want to count, hook, I guess, yeah. Hook, I'll I, give hook. Yeah, if you want to count I that, guess. yeah, I'll give you hook. I'll uh, give you hook. Uh, like I said, the guns I am unsure about, just because I don't, I actually, I legitimately don't know. Uh, <laughs> legitimately don't know what that is. Um, I don't see anyone else. I don't know what Lee Johnson did beforehand. Um, Either way, I think my point is proven. Uh, Austin Gunn did wrestle before AEW. Yeah, that is true. Uh, Colton Gunn, I, Austin, I, I know Austin Colton Gunn, Gunn wrestled before. Ran, uh, did Ring of Honor, I'm pretty sure. Yes, he did. Uh, Colton Gunn, I simply just do not know uh, nope. if he did anything. Parker Bordeaux, he kind of wrestled beforehand, I guess. <laughs> if you want to... Preston Vance, uh, I think he was a, just a wrestler. Um, but, but my point stands. Like, it's not a place... I think athletes are going to pick to go anyways because they probably just don't have prior knowledge, but it's not a place that, you know, and I think a lot of athletes in the history of WWE or wrestling have gone on to be great wrestlers. And 
ultimately it comes down to okay, then what are you going to pick from if you're AEW moving forward? And it's going to always have to be the independents and other companies, which we've seen them take talent from. Um, it was just an interesting point. Uh, but in, in terms of Jade, uh, I think she is going to be fine, and here's why. This is the way I thought about it. Thought This is the way I thought about how Jade was probably very much wasted in AEW. Mm-hmm. It's because I'm already seeing people say, oh, you do Jade versus Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Hello? Like, WrestleMania? Yeah. I understand, like, WrestleMania, like, for some people, you know, if you don't like WWE, whatever. But WrestleMania is WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I'm seeing people pitch that in all seriousness tells you where they think Jade should be. And I could believe it if WWE wanted to run Jade versus Rhea Ripley six months down the road at WrestleMania. Yeah. That's money for them. It's money in the bank. Let's talk (laughs) about that. Well, yeah, let's let's talk about that. Where do you think Jade Cargill is going to go? There is obviously this idea of NXT, even if she was in there for like six months, and they bring her to the main roster so she gets even more seasoning. Uh, that's yeah. a little more hidden. That could be an idea. I think her and Tiffany Stratton could be a great feud. Uh, sure. Monday Night Raw just That'd started. Monday Night Raw just started, so presumably Jade can show up tonight, and we'll obviously talk about it if it happens. I just saw a report saying that Becky Lynch is defending her NXT title tonight, which I think is interesting um so yeah i mean it it, it is a question of where do where where does she pop up where do you think jade cargill she's obviously going to make or the belief is obviously that she's making main roster-esque money not as much as a becky lynch or a charlotte thing uh but uh not uh, not as little as nxt people uh yeah so she's making a decent you know lower mid uh, lower main roster person um, but where do you think she might end up? Is she going to end up on Raw or SmackDown, or is she going to just hang out in the Performance Center, hang out in NXT for a little bit? What do you think? Um, I think ultimately they put her on Raw or SmackDown just because she has, like, people have knowledge of her already. Um, but I would have her beat Becky Lynch for the NXT Women's Title. Almost right itself, doesn't it? And, I, the and moment then, and then she goes, the, she debuts on Raw and backs to NXT. Oh, interesting she idea. She beats Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. That that is as made as possible. Yeah, trust me, it is as made as possible. I saw the NXT ratings. That's a big draw. You're beating. Um, I was. Also that's what to, I would do. I was about to say, steal a star, make a star on Raw, bring her back to NXT. You're trying to also pump up the NXT ratings. Maybe yeah. Jade can pump it up even more. Yeah, and I think you were absolutely right in, um, kind of you know, NXT is the right place. Um. But I do understand why they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. It's you know she's she's someone that you want um, appearing right out of, or especially right out of AEW. Like I'd get her on TV this week. Yeah. I don't care if it's in the stands. I don't care if it's with a microphone. I would have her on TV this week. She just wrestled this past week for a title in the other company. Mm-hmm. And mind you, I thought it was the best match of her career. It, yeah, it was really good, actually. Like, they she, they did the Haas stuff, and I was like, this is great. This is exactly what she should be doing. And I was like, and she's leaving. Awesome. Wonderful. Like, this is how it goes. Raj Geary, pour one out, buddy. You, you nailed that one. You put a lot of money on that. Good job. Um, Yeah, no, she, I would put her on TV as soon as possible. 
I would get her on TV as soon as possible, whether it's Raw, SmackDown, NXT, doesn't matter. She is going to be a big star in WWE, and she knows that. That's why she's going there. It, it appears Becky Lynch's NXT title defense is an open challenge. Yeah, it's not against Jade. I just saw who it was against. Uh, oh, you, you, uh, I don't know that. Fightful Select it? said who it was. Oh, okay. What it, do, oh, it's Fightful Select. Do you care if it, if we say it on air? It, it's Tegan Knox. Ugh. It wasn't exciting. It wasn't exciting, but uh, Jade, Jade's WWE is, and now AW's gotta they gotta they gotta respond. You know they got they got because losing another woman who you pretty much invested half the division in, who beat most if not all of your division for a year at least, you just watch her walk out. Oh man, this is not helping the women's division conversations in this company at all. <laughs> it is not. Nice. It's just another like, it's just another thing that they got to bounce back from now. And I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. It's just you know we talked about like free. Chris agents. Statlander's doing her best doing job it. at doing it. Completely agree. Um, it, we talked about free agents before. It's like how many, how many female women's free agents are available? Mercedes Monet is obviously the most obvious one, but beyond Mercedes, who? Give me some I mean, more my, names. My first reaction when Jade was going there was Mariah May has to be your future now. Because mm-hmm. if she's not, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? Uh, thir- you know, because like she's the next big star. Uh, 13 seconds ago, Sean Ross Sapp. Uh, Tegan Knox was slated internally to challenge Becky Lynch for the NXT title. Instead, she worked main event. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll keep, we'll keep a finger on the pulse on this one, folks. Alrighty, the show will probably end, and then Jade will show up. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure that's what's gonna happen. Alrighty, we got now. Right. We got an hour, Jade. TikTok, come on. <laughs> that's that's crazy. But yeah. all right. Um. But yeah. Uh. Just Jade. Jade to WWE. Good. AW. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Just keep running Statlander out there. It's working. It's definitely working. Um, the only other thing about the TKA group, I can't believe we're still on this kind of topic. Hour long of news. Hour long of news, baby. Um, is that Nick Khan mentioned that, uh, and then it was sort of further uh, talked about by another executive, that the WUFC merger could offer some fighters of the UFC extended careers where they can sort of retire mm. from the UFC from mixed martial arts and join the WWE and become wrestlers. Take some of those big personalities and cross over from the UFC to the WWE. That is something if it was in place of like Conor McGregor, I imagine would have happened. You know, we saw like successfully happen with Ronda. Uh, I I guess you could say successful with Brock Lesnar uh, since, but he was already a wrestler beforehand. Um, but this sort of idea of extending people's uh, careers, moving them to the WWE and giving them something new. It was later uh, extended that thought process out by a further another executive saying that maybe there can be crossover appeal in the fandoms, that every huh. WWE fan was a UFC fan, every UFC fan was a WWE fan, which Dana White uh, shat on almost immediately. Dana White uh, was correct. He, by is, the way. he is correct. <laughs> um, but what do you think about this sort of idea of like you know we're talking about free agents or wrestlers, we're talking yeah. about bringing in signing new talent, but now we're also talking about not just bringing in indie wrestlers or 
AEW yeah. wrestlers, but bringing in athletes, but bringing in old UFC wrestlers into the WWE. You know, Good this, idea. Is, this is a lot of lot of different uh, people to come into this company. Is that too many uh, uh, channels? Is that going to overflood the river? I feel like that analogy was great. What do you think? That was a good one. I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll flood the river though. Um, I think they'll pick and choose. You know, and not every UFC person that retires has a charisma. You know, so it's like, ah, well, we're not. We don't want them. You know, it's like they're gonna they're gonna have a chance to pick and choose as well. Mm-hmm. So um, no, I think it's fine. More channels is a good thing to me. Mm-hmm. It's more opportunity to find unique talent in different places. Yes. That can become stars. Sorry, can become superstars. Um, you know, like it it's true. Like NXT changing but despite me not enjoying it as much, was the best thing to happen to WWE. Mm-hmm. Not just NXT, not just developmental, the best thing to happen to WWE. Because they have people that you can see now that are going to be stars. Tiffany Stratton. Braun Breaker, um, the Creeds, those four alone weren't wrestlers before this. Mm-hmm. And now you look at them and you're like, yeah, they're going to they're gonna be something for them. Tiffany Stratton's probably like the biggest layup I've seen WWE have in a very long time. And they know that. That's why they're wor- having her work with Becky Lynch. You know, the, people don't just work with Becky Lynch. It's a big deal. Uh, yeah. Becky Lynch went from Trish Stratus to Tiffany Stratton. Yeah. Just say. So, um and both no, channels very, both very all the channels matches. is good. Both very good matches. And WWE can pay whoever they want. Mm-hmm. And while I think we all know and assume that someone of New Japan Pro Wrestling is probably going to be AEW bound. Okay. WWE can always sneak in there and break people's hearts. Just that is, saying. That is true. He's being partial to both companies. Uh, there's that. There's a, maybe a top dog in uh, Noah that maybe is going to find their way over to WWE too. There's uh, a lot of there's a lot of free agency. It'll be interesting. I still think WWE is not going to go for every big name. But... Yeah, I, I think the idea of like, to go with the analogy of this whole thing, I think there's a lot more channels. It allows WWE to be more selective yeah, and it also I think to avoid that overflowing of the river analogy, I think it will force WWE to a certain extent, business wise, to churn through people faster in the NXT program, and that if they mm-hmm. aren't working, then they're going to get cut. Uh, and that's some, okay, and that's something that t- Nikon, I believe it was Nikon, talked about like a year or two ago. Uh, that's like a sports team, exactly. That, and that's what they're trying to do, is that if you can develop in six months, then great. If not, okay, see ya. We have mm-hmm. so many people that want opportunities here, that can have opportunities here, that we can pick from. If you're not going to make the cut, you're out. It's a good system. It's a, it's a harsh system, but it's a good system for them. Uh, but I'm just, I'm just saying, don't be, don't be shocked when they still go for big free agents because they can't. Yeah. That, that is definitely true. If MJF, and I think MJF's already signed, but if MJF does end up actually being a free agent, there's no way, by the way. But if he did, he would get the house and more. Yeah. You know, like they would give him the biggest contract possible. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen, 
I'm just saying. Ricky Starks, on the other hand, that feels very possible. Yeah, no, we're talking about a lot of people coming into WWE. That, that's a Cody be, guy, baby. <laughs> I, I am fascinated to see what kind of cuts. Ray Cargill make. was a Cody girl. Yeah. The, the, like we said, I'm fascinated. I, I don't want necessarily talent cuts to happening, but for to bring in all these people, it's going to happen. It, ha- yeah. it would have to happen. Uh, and I am interested to see how free agent season. It feels like this fall winter is free agent season, and we're around the corner of uh, chaos. Oh, it's be crazy. Gonna be crazy. Uh, All headed by Osprey. Pretty much. Pretty much. I I think we know where he's going, though. That's right. You you give a like I said, like I said a few weeks ago. I've it wasn't tampering, but the biggest tampering thing I've ever seen is giving a guy a big signature match in front of eighty thousand people in his home country, and giving him the win. I'm just saying, not tampering though. Just a nice gesture. Well, seventy two thousand, but. You know that's that's well, still a good number. Eighty thousand bought tickets. <laughs> hey, there was at least eighty thousand in the building. <laughs> yeah, if you want to do WWE rules, yeah, there's definitely at least eighty thousand in the building. Uh, I love. I'm, we're not talking about turnstile council in this show. I'm not going that deep into it. Um, no. Well, let's talk about AEW. They have uh, a, their big week over at Ar- Arthur Ashe Stadium this week. Can I pause? Sure. Is that the longest we've ever talked about WWE on this show? And a lot of positive light too, you know, like yeah. a lot of real positive about it. Not real. I don't know about positive per se, but well, no, but like most of it was positive. Yeah, we did give a lot of compliments to their performance center and how they're better at developing athletic non wrestler talent um, yes. than AEW. And I think that's true. I, I think everything we said was true, which is why we said yeah, it. they're better at teaching people who don't know how to wrestle. Yes. Then they do, you know? Yes. I think that's apparent. And I think people agree with us. And if you don't agree with us, then you have to agree with us because our, our we have incredible uh, opinions that everyone should agree with, right? right? Yeah, I've never had a wrong opinion. Me neither. Anyways, uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium <laughs> is this uh, Wednesday slash Friday for AEW. Uh, this Dynamite and Rampage coming up is their Grand Slam week. Not really weak. It's just the two episodes and not Collision. Uh, happening again, like I said, in New York City, New York, Arthur Ashe Stadium. And we have uh, what I believe is a full card for these two shows. Uh, so we'll sort of give maybe our, our thoughts about each match uh, real quickly, Scotty, and then we'll uh, yeah. move on. I, I, collision's loaded this week. So I just want to say, like, I'm almost looking forward to that show just as much. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they don't just make it. I guess it's not in New York, and I guess that's yeah. a completely fair. It's not reason. in the same building. Yeah, um, but I mean, they pack that show. Yeah, there's a. Is that the show with the Texas Death Match? If I'm not mistaken, Texas Death Match, Andrade versus Jay White, FTR versus the Work Horseman. You kidding me? And Rob Van Dam. <laughs> Remember, remember how they're trying to get to Wrestle Dream with Brian Danielson? Everyone was like, "Wrap him in a bubble," and then here he is doing a Texas Death Match <laughs> against the guy who he had a five star match against. I mean, I understand Dave. why. I completely understand why. Um, you got to kill off the story. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Zack Saber Junior is never getting that match, is he? Never gonna get it. Oh my god! I didn't even think about it that way. <laughs> <laughs> never gonna get that match so aw dynamite uh what they have on the docket here is the oh let's talk about rampage first i feel like let's build up to uh dynamite 
because Dynamite's obviously a more interesting card to talk about, probably. So Rampage, of course, has a tag team match between Christian Cage and Luchasaurus versus Darby Allen and Sting. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that match? Or should we just do all Ramp? I'll, I'll just, let's just say all Rampage. Christian Cage and Luchasaurus versus Darby Allen and Sting, like I said. The AEW World Trios title match, the acclaimed and Billy Gunn versus the Dark Order, Alex Reynolds, Evil Uno, and John Silver. And then Ring of Honor World Six-Man Tag Team Titles, the Mogul Embassy taking on the Elite, Hangman Page, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson. That is your Grand Slam Night 2 Rampage show. Did you happen to... This isn't going to be on Rampage, but I guess I just want to bring like the other title picture that is happening. They're going to do the Righteous versus MJF Adam Cole. What is wrong with this company? <laughs> what happened to the AEW I knew? Why, why, why the hell is the Righteous here? Well, yeah, remember remember how they were supposed to beat the Young Bucks at uh, Wembley? Yeah, remember how they were also supposed to be part of like the Wyatt thing? Yeah. Well, you know, that definitely didn't pan out. But yeah, because remember, remember when they showed up randomly in the audience of an NXT, and everyone was like, "Wait, is that Vincent and Dutch?" And they weren't yeah. they weren't on like they weren't like they were just fans yeah. basically in attendance. But everyone was like, "Wait, what are you guys doing here?" Yeah, um, but anyways, uh, two Grand Slam. It looks like a great show. At least the Wednesday one does. Nothing about Rampage. You don't. You don't have any uh, opinions on two trios title matches and a a Sting Christian Cage uh, oh, face off. Hangman and the Young Bucks should absolutely win. There you go. Yeah, I can agree. That's my that. thoughts about that. They should absolutely win. Mm-hmm. The Dark Order gonna. My pick. My pitch is the Dark Order wins. The Elite wins, and then we combine these. Trios titles into one belt. That's my pitch. <laughs> you've had you've had enough. I've had enough. <laughs> too many, too many, uh, too many accounts. Uh, too many uh, uh, titles. Let's uh, just trim the fat a little bit. You know. Well, yeah, I I think just giving the hangman young, but like, uh, I I feel it's. I'm gonna say I think it's lazy. I think there's a laziness happening here because they want to clearly give people things to do. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, we'll just give them the Ring of Honor titles, MJF and Adam Cole. Sure. Like, why aren't MJF and Adam Cole the tag champs? Because what are FTR doing right now? Having an open challenge on TV? That's all they're doing. It's laziness. I mean, you say... Uncertainty. I think that's tomato-tomato, because in some ways you can say laziness. In other ways you can say, we're horsemen, baby! Yeah, 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 yeah! Let's go! Let's go! Okay, but like, they could have done that match without the titles. Now, they're doing FTR versus Aussie Open, so I'll get over it. But, I'm just saying. I, I get what you're why saying. Aren't, why don't you just give the Hung Bucks the trios titles? I, I Let me tell you, I don't care about the acclaimed with holding belts. Yeah. Their, their segments kill me. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I'm so like, uh, there's I have many complaints, but I will not complain about normal Grand Slam, so we can talk about that. Yeah. Uh the acclaimed, I feel like also it's like another reason why I think that just have the titles go on dark order, uh, is that I feel like you know, you could have like maybe the Hung Bucks use loose or something, but but then uh also remember like the young bucks would be like we're going back in the tag division they had one tag title match lost and they're like all right we're back going in, back to the trios division back in the trios division uh well, another reason why i think like the dark order should just win is to give them juice because they are juiceless robinson? Um, and what's that robinson yes give them juice robinson that's that would be great 
Um, and yeah, I, I think also hate the Dark Order. The acclaimed story was all about the destination. You know what I mean? Of of Billy yeah. Gunn getting the title win. Now that that's over, it's kind of like, all right, you know, I don't know about, I don't know. But if I could highlight two acts that I don't care for at all in this company, it would be that match. <laughs> Dark Order and uh, and the acclaim. I don't care about the Dark Order anymore either. I, I think they're. They are way we are way past the boat on uh, Dark Order at this point. I like the acclaimed as a tag team. Yeah. As a tag team. Yeah. And they need to evolve into something else. Not yeah, like get rid you of know, Billy Gunn. Not not lose yes. I think losing Billy Gunn, not necessarily going heel or whatever, just Billy Gunn's like, all right, I'm done wrestling, and they can do tag team stuff again. I think that could be enough of a thing. I mean the gimmick is still over or whatnot, but it just it's it feels like it is starting to get to the point of like all right, I'm, I'm, I'm. I, th- I think the gimmick is over. They're just oversaturated for someone like me. Um, and then yeah, uh, Sting, Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, Darby Allen. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Um, I'm do- always, I'm always there for Sting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Christian Cage has been doing good work, and I'm sure he'll never get in the match. It'll be great. And I'm sure Darby will kill himself again. Mm-hmm. He does That's every he match. Does. That's he what has. he does, folks. Dynamite's Grand Slam has a great card as well. AEW International title match between John Moxley and Ray Phoenix. Excuse me. Uh, AEW Women's World title match, Soraya versus Tony Storm. Oh Ring of Honor World title. Someone said to me the other day something about the world title. I was like, who's the champion? <laughs> the AEW Women's World title? And they were like, Soraya. I was like, uh, right. No wonder why Jade left. Anyways, continue. <laughs> what are the odds Tony Storm wins this title back after it? She loses it to Sheeta just so that Sheeta can lose to Soraya at All In, and then Tony Storm gets the title back. I don't think it's zero. <laughs> I agree. I fully agree. It's not zero, especially in the new gimmick. <laughs> She's over as hell. Yeah, like the whole. Marilyn Monroe, you know, 60s actress gimmick is very much working. 50s, 60s, whatever. You get my point. Yes. I it wouldn't be like you gave Soraya her moment, right? Mm-hmm. You gave her a moment in England, right? Like, do you need more than that? I didn't need it the moment either. But do you need more than that? Yeah. I I would I'll say it. I would put belt right back on Tony. <laughs> three was she a three time now? Uh, I don't know, million time. Yeah, they're I, all accidents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll be down with that. At some point, you know, uh, Jamie Hayter's going to come back, and they can do that. That sort of Tony's game. not going to win though. No, no, we're saying all this, but I, I think it's like I think Tony's chance of winning. I'll give twenty five percent. Hmm. That's a nice. That's a nice spot for her. Yeah. Where are you at? Over under twenty five. I'm at about twenty. Okay, that's fair. Could happen. Probably not, but could. There's certainly a possibility. Uh, since we're kind of going match by match, do you have any other thoughts about AW International Title? Obviously, feuding over uh, a bunch of stuff. John Moxley putting Ray Phoenix on the shelf for a little bit. Uh, missing, <laughs> putting him on the shelf so he had to can't go to Wembley. Um, Jerk. How dare he? Uh, yeah, uh, I I think this is just like a sort of a dream match situation, quite honestly. It's a great match. Darn. Whatever will I do? 
<laughs> it's gonna be a great opener. That's what I'm gonna say. This is gonna be a fantastic. Opener. Um, I don't think I'd open with this. Interesting, interesting. Opening with Soraya, Tony Storm, Scotty. No, there's oh. two world title matches. You got to open with one of them. That is true. That is true. Sorry, three world title matches, but you know, Soraya. Yeah, that is true. Uh, the other one that you might be referencing is the Ring of Honor World Title and the New Japan Strong Openweight Title Match. Uh, between Claudio Castagnoli versus Eddie Kingston. If you want your up-to-date news on this rivalry, going back to Ring of Honor and probably Chikara, I don't know, I didn't watch the video, uh, then they uploaded to their YouTube channel, uh, if I'm not mistaken, an hour and a half uh, video going in-depth about the rivalry between these two. It is historic rivalry, it's uh, unbelievably long. Unbelievably long. Uh, Well-researched. Uh, definitely go check it out. Uh, but it is a, a, a historically long rivalry. It is a blood feud here. It's been great on AEW television, but obviously it goes back even further than that. Uh, if you're only watching AEW, then you only know half the story. Uh, I'm super excited for this match, man. I mean, yeah. most excited about this match. This This is my main event. I think you're right that this is probably the opener or something. This is my main event. This this is my well, main event. There's two ways to look at this. And by the way, I will never watch a 90-minute thing. I <laughs> I'm, I'm insane, so you know I, I would watch that stuff. It's a brilliant idea yeah. to give everyone up to date. But 90 minutes, I, I could watch other things. Um, This match, it, it depends what you're going to do with MJF and Samoa you know, because like you, if that's closing the show, which I expect it to, because it's the AEW World Championship, mm-hmm. then you need to have something big at the end. Because I'm assuming Eddie Kingston's winning this title because the strong open weight title is on the line. Sure. That for me is more of a giveaway. And if that's the case, that's going to be the biggest pop of the night. And it's probably going to be the match of the night unless, you know, MJF and Samoa Joe go to a level that maybe I'm not expecting them to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that'll be a great match. But this has the story. This is going to have the energy of the crowd. This should be the biggest match of the night. It's going to have the most satisfying ending, I think at least consider it for the main event. If not, definitely open the show. Yeah. Uh, I think, I, I think you're right. I think this is going to be a fantastic match. Uh, I don't necessarily know if Eddie's winning here. You know, I think there's a possibility that Claudio wins again. And then we do the dual title match at final battle or something for ring of honor. Uh, and then that's their, uh, the, the three Pete, rivalry in uh in the for this t- feud in uh AEW. I think See, to me either he wins it here then they have the blow off. And it's certainly possible. That final battle. I go ahead. I can't you can't get me to believe they would do it mm-hmm. if Eddie's just going to lose again. And we had we had this discussion when he originally lost. Sure. Um so I think that's what they're going to do especially in New York. Yeah, yeah, there is that element as well. There is that element as well. 
I don't know. I like this idea of like Eddie losing and then saying, you know, he wants the title so bad or something and doing like title versus career or, you know, some sort of like sure. dog collar match again or whatever at like final battle. Maybe that they shouldn't do another dog. collar. I think they should battle. just do that anyways. I agree. I- no, but I, I like this ah. idea of like a I I just want the image of like a bloodied Eddie Kingston, like crying as two belts are placed on his shoulder. Like there's something about that, and I feel like we get that yeah. at Final Battle. I don't necessarily think we would get it here. Now you're right; he is in New York. Uh, it's sort of a hometown boy here. It's not often where it's typical that AEW will give the hometown person the win. But they're also kind of leaning that the hometown person is MJF more, just in terms of like mm-hmm. PR and everything. So, yeah. so I don't necessarily know, but uh, I, don't know. I don't, I don't know. I like the, I. There's something about either. I think either way, it feels like a match between them also has to happen at Final Battle. It's just yes. H- how is this going to happen? And I think they'll, they'll. I think they'll do it. It's just a matter of is Eddie winning here or is Eddie winning at Final Battle? Hmm. I think. Either way, it'll be great. You're right. You know? I agree. So I I'm not too agree. too worried. Though uh they need to start selling more tickets for the show. That is certainly true. That is certainly true. We'll get to a little bit of that conversation in a little bit. Uh Chris Jericho versus Sammy Guevara. Uh the Lasex gods explode, kind of. Um it's feud is has sort of the we're friends. Who cares? We don't want to fight, but we're still gonna fight because we have things to prove. Uh, but we're still friends, so it has like a little bit of that. Um, but what do you think about Chris Jericho versus Sammy Guevara? Could not care less about this match. <laughs> the promo didn't get you? No. Like, uh, the problem with Chris Jericho now, sure. and I've said this before, is that the whole beauty of Chris Jericho for a long time was that he would do you know, a few feuds, few stories, then he'd go away. And then he'd do a few feuds, few stories, then he'd go away. He just has never gone away. And yes, I, I understand he could still have good matches from time to time. But his stories are brutal. Yeah. And I don't care about this. I haven't cared about the inner circle in years. Because that's what this is. You can call it JAS all you want. It's just the inner circle. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's fair. I agree with that. Literally, these two are the inner circle. Mm-hmm. I don't care about lace sex gods. I don't care. They beat Aussie Open. How am I supposed to like enjoy this? Because I don't. They beat Aussie Open, a team that is challenging for the world tag team titles for AW in a, in less than a month's time. Makes you think. Makes you think. Makes you think, what the hell are we doing? Uh, makes you think, why? What is it, Aussie Open, and not Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara at Wrestle Dream? You know, it'd make more sense. It'd be a better match you know, with Aussie Open for sure. Obviously, we all know this. But I uh, mean, Wrestle Dream's three matches are about as good as you can get. So let's maybe not give them ideas. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It, it just makes. Oh, more I sense. know what you mean. It's like, it, you know. I hope it's, you know, it's going to be a good match. And I'm not concerned about that. It's just sort of Is like... Is it though? <laughs> I, I think they'll get to a good match. I don't think Chris Jericho is going to go out there and try to have a bad match. I think he's going to work really hard to have a great match. And, I, and obviously, you know, Sammy Kvar is going to do the same. I Like, I yeah, think it's going to be that. It's I don't just sort like of like... <laughs> I know. I don't like any of these guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing is, is that I think 
the bigger question around it all is that is this match is this feud or whatever is this whatever finally gonna make Sammy Guevara into like the next level star that they're trying to get him in AEW you know we look look back at the sort of four pillar feud at double or nothing who was the arguably the worst person in that feud building up to it kind of Sammy Guevara sucked on the microphone come on you, you set me up for a perfect Jack Perry dump. I know there's going to be a Jack Perry dump. <laughs> um, and that's why I cut you off so quickly. Is that it, it, Sammy Guevara sucked on the microphone and he was like, it was, you watched that and it was like, very obviously, this guy ain't it yet. Is this feud going to get him there? No. <laughs> He's been with Jericho for years now and it did not get him there. Is this feud going to get him even more? No. I don't, at this rate, I don't know what's going to get him there. Nothing. Yeah, I it, it's it's a tough spot. So not everyone's meant to be a main eventer. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I think he's a great babyface mid Carter, and if you want to eventually be, get him into a main eventer role, then maybe. But he's already thirty, uh, and I don't necessarily see. I know he's got plenty of time left, obviously, but it is like I don't don't see the road right now. I don't see the road. He's thirty. Correct. Will Osprey's thirty. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Jay uh, White's thirty. Jay White's thirty. Jay White's very young. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> concerningly young. He is thirty years old. Jesus Christ, he's so much younger than I thought. Oh my yeah. god, that beard does wonders for aging. That's up. why. That, that's why I called him like the biggest free agent at the time because like he, you're getting like a prospect. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like because a lot of times, like people get to their main event run at like thirty-five. He's already had the main event run, damn, multiple times. <laughs> damn, how long is Jay White's contract? Do we know? I mean, I guess three years, probably. Because one would wonder if he's whenever his contract goes up, he goes try to go to WWE again. And I hope oh. it wasn't. A, I hope it wasn't a year contract or something. Nah, they wouldn't sign just to a year. I wouldn't for sure. Um. Uh, probably your main event, your AEW World Title match, MJF versus Samoa Joe. Uh, I I fully believe that MJF is going to win. I think that is uh, totally plausible. However, I want to bring this up. You sort of mentioned about how the ticket sales and everything are doing. Is there an argument to the ticket sales being poor? MJF is on top. Is there an argument to ter- take the title off of MJF, hoping to pop some tickets for a new world champion? And moving the storyline of Adam Cole and the kingdom and Roderick Strong don't necessarily need the world title. We saw that at all in London. The end of that was MJF throwing down the world title and saying, I don't care about this. I care about our friendship. He doesn't need the world title anymore. He made it abundantly clear so why don't you put on Samoa Joe? Maybe you can pop some houses. Maybe there's an argument to go in with the Monster Joe. I there is I think there is a there's a full out plan mm-hmm. I think that could help get some tickets back and it would start with Joe winning. 
because Joe winning, obviously a big switch. But then there's the chase back to the top for MJF. Yeah. Because I think as we've learned with Samoa Joe through his time with NXT, right? He doesn't need to be championed for long mm-hmm. to have an effect. And I think it would be perfect almost. Shut up, Siri. Ah, <laughs> uh, the third God. guest. The third guest on our show the has third, arrived. The third guest of our show. But I think there is an idea that, you know, Samojo wins. Then MJF. And then you have an Adam Cole title match with Samojo. Mm-hmm. Beats Adam Cole. Or Adam Cole wins. There's also that twist to it. Mm-hmm. And then MJF's now kind of chasing Adam Cole all of a sudden. Because I think MJF's your money guy. Like, yes, tickets are down while he's world champion, but it's not his fault. Sure. Well, he's the he's the hottest thing to me in a product overall that is down. It's the product overall that is down. I get what you're saying, but I'm also just going to say is that well, he is the world champion. He is the biggest storyline there. I I agree that he is it. He is over, but there it is he. To, historically, whenever you look at a ticket sales, you're always talking about the world title picture. He's the world title picture. That's my only, that's that's my counter argument to that. Is that he's got seventy two thousand in a building? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, seventy two thousand in a building that were sold. He was main eventing. He was main eventing. I know, I know, I know. I this is the discussion part. Is that there is a counter argument of well, he is the guy. If you're going to point fingers, he is the world title program right now. And I agree I, that it is over with the people that are there. It's just that there aren't a lot of people there. You know what I mean? To me, they're paying now for the first half of his reign. Mm-hmm. Because that's how this stuff works. It's delayed. Yeah. Tickets start to show the decline mm-hmm. later. Yes. It, it, it's always been like, what is it? Six months it, later or whatever of business. Right. So in many ways, it is unfortunately i think mjf suffering because of it mm-hmm. because let's let's be frank the first the first part of his reign was not that great i think we agree on that right yeah pretty bad yeah that four pillars stuff, now <laughs> we just talked about that four pillar stuff crap <laughs> dog shit. but now ratings wise it's the best thing everything mjf for the most part is the best thing a great point but, great counterpoint so so would it work to have him lose now MJ, you know, Samojo's champion, then you could build him up back to the top. And maybe, and this isn't always proven, but maybe the excitement's back for AW by then. Just a way to look at it. There's no, unfortunately, there's no uh, way to prove this one way or the other. I think the idea, though, at least of putting the belt on Samoa Joe mm-hmm. should be considered. And I would even say it is being considered. I think it's definitely something they have they have considered over this past couple weeks because it adds more to the story that is for MJF side of things could start to feel directionless. Adam Cole is fine. We know where his story's going. Yeah. But for the world champion, it could feel directionless. Yeah, and you know, there's also like the part of the story, like I said, the all-in post thing of I, I don't care about this title. I care about our friendship. He chose the friendship over the title. You lose the title here. It's not going to affect his story in any capacity. And then, like, I really like what you mentioned of, like, you can have Adam Cole beat Samoa Joe. And then it's 
title versus you know title over friendship if they're gonna fight for that you know is mm-hmm. is mjf now gonna turn heel and choose the title over his friend uh yeah. there's and you can just continue the story you can work on the ring of honor tag titles while joe is champion and you can weave mm-hmm. it back into adam cole uh we've never really had a transitional champion as the world champion samoa joe could do that quite honestly uh, and I think it could work. And if it pops some houses, that could be great. That would be good for them. Uh, and, that you know, if you have the MJF Adam Cole program still being hot ratings-wise, and then Samoa Joe can be also good ratings-wise and maybe pop some houses, that's great business. And that's, I think, I think there's an argument to be had about using that as a as the play, using that as your sort of a, 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 a move to make your bit turn around your business a little bit having a uh having a champion like samoa joe where it's it's not going to be a long reign mm-hmm. but it's to progress a story is very important and i'd like to see aw do that i agree they've I agree. never done it with the world title i agree and i think i yeah. think you we laid out a path that would work perfectly yeah I like it. I like the path. <laughs> now, and like, will they do it? <sighs> I I am higher than Tony Storm winning the world title, but lower than I'm probably at forty five percent with uh, Samoa Joe hmm. winning. Yeah, that's about where I'd be. I think MJF's definitely favored, um, as he should be. But again, AEW is in the need of a spark. Yes. Here in the U.S. Yes. Here in the U.S. Internationally, they'll be fine, right? Because mm-hmm. if they go somewhere new, it's going to do well. Unless yeah. it's Canada. Yeah, that doesn't really count. North America. Not, not Canada, North America. Canada was rough. Yeah. Um, they should run Arena Mexico. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> That'd be amazing. You know Brian Danielson yeah. would love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He probably watched the CML show. He's like, what are we doing? Why am, why am I not there? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think uh, – I think this is the right choice. I don't think it's the likely choice, uh, but we'll see how the story progresses. I'm very excited for Grand Slam. It's a good card. Yeah, I agree. I think Dynamite it's always one of the best nights of the year. This is. I, I haven't really felt as excited for a Dynamite in a while, and mm. I, I'm very excited for Grand Slam. And there's a lot of yeah. matches. There's like three, four matches on here where I'm like, "Let's go, baby!" Probably three matches on here yeah. where I'm very excited about. And I'm very excited for Wrestle Dream. Very excited for Wrestle Dream. Very. It should that should be some hot stuff think, right there. Things are starting to click in the right ways again for AEW, mm-hmm. and I think slowly but surely it will lead in business going back up. Yeah. It just it's just going to take a while, and I think we have to know that. Yeah, I agree. I, I and I think um, a shot in the arm could be Samoa Joe. Or you can be patient and hopefully that things turn around. I think that is just a question of time versus, uh, uh, like you said, a spark. And a spark could come in the form of a giant Samoan man. <laughs> I mean, Samoan Joe's been phenomenal. He like, has. He's been great. <laughs> he's he's good. He's still very solid in the ring. Mm-hmm. Proved a lot of people wrong there. Yes. But his mic work, it, it, he is the—he is just so good at this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the ending of Dynamite this week was perfect. Yes. And yes. I was like, oh, my God, just put the belt on. Yeah. 
I don't see any reason why not. It would be a shock. It would be a huge shot in the arm. Again, there's the hometown boyism of it all. But for MJF, but like I think it could be very helpful. And you never know. It could it could it, turn things around for them. It's your best way to make up for the lost CM Punk plant. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Combine the real world title and uh, the AEW world title with Samojo. Someone, someone asked me, uh, what, what a piece of Ring of Honor television champion? What if? I was like, who cares? <laughs> I was like, it's a nice belt he holds. Honestly, like, he should win the world title and vacate the TV title. That would actually be a perfect scenario. Yeah, fuck that title. <laughs> who cares? Um, Delete Ring of Honor. Unless it's Eddie as world champion or Athena's women's champion. All the other belts. I, I proposed earlier in this conversation that we get rid of the trios titles and combine them with the yeah. AEW trios titles. Yeah, we'll exactly. We'll, less belts. Yeah, less belts. Let's see what happens uh, at Grand Slam. All right, let's talk about uh, CMLL had their 90th anniversary show, big time show in Arena Mexico, uh, uh, with an attendance of, according to Cage Match, 16,000 people. Fantastic oh. number right there. Um, they sold of, that weeks ago, didn't they? They, um, ah, the, yes, uh, yes. The lower, the lower bowl, bowl sold out weeks ago. That was the only data they really had uh, for for um, the old Twitter account that I'm blanking, WrestleTicks. That's the only data they really had. Um, but they sold it out like weeks ago. So this was a hot show. I would say, I'm not going to go match by match per se. We should just sort of give our grand thoughts. But I thought this crowd was pretty much hot for the entire thing. I think everyone out there had a really good to fantastic performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that this was like a, a nice, hopefully not a nice bow to end it, but a nice uh, perfect continuation, hopefully, of what CMLL has been bringing all year long. We can point to last year's anniversary show as maybe the re-spark for this promotion. Mm -hmm. So the overall year for them has been fantastic. Yeah. Um, I I can't go as far as like calling them like promotion of the year or anything because I think they just, there's still aspects you're looking for. Sure. But if you were to only tune into this show and really not watch much of CMLL outside of like maybe a few Rocky Romero matches, mm-hmm. which have been great, mm-hmm. then you definitely walk away thinking, I need to watch this. Like, I need to watch CMLL. That's the type of performance they had up and down the card. There was nothing weak on this show. I thought the women's match was a great opener for this show. I thought all of them put. 100% into it. Stephanie Vaccare, I've sang the praises of before. Oh my God. Uh, but sh- she is like just an absolute star. And I'm like, why is she not being booked everywhere? Yeah. Um, Cause clearly she has her, you know, she's, she's coming to America in October. Yep. That, that should just be the start of her traveling places. Agreed. Um, and then you had countless great performances throughout the show. Uh, you know, Soberano Jr. and Teton, they're excellent. That obviously. match was great. I yeah, did it was a little long, but yes. <laughs> I, I agree. A little long, but fully did not yeah. expect. I mean, Soberano Jr. and Teton have been great this year, but uh, yeah. Samuel Del Sol obviously has been pretty good uh, or is pretty good. Uh, but, you know, how he has been lately, I guess. Uh, and Lince Dorado has been, you know, solid, but I fully did not expect how yeah. m- how much I was going to enjoy that match. That match was fantastic. Yeah. I, I thought, again, I 
I watched six of the matches from the show mm-hmm. with the 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 women's match, that match, and the trios match, and the the, the tag with the hair stuff, and then the main event. Yep. Um, so I thought that was really good. It was a really great showcase of the CMLL stars against yeah. people you may know. Uh, the trios match was a lot of fun. Mystico is being Mystico. Yep. Atlantis Jr., man, like he's the one guy that I'm like, oh, dude, what happened? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mascara Dorado is going to be their star. Yep. Like I watched him and I was like, yeah, he's he's the guy. Yes. He's the guy that they've been looking for. Agreed. He'll be the next big signature star. Um, Rocky Romero's great. My only my only ups- sadness of the show is Rocky should have had a singles match. Yeah, I I, I was I'm glad you brought that up because I, I was thinking about that. I was like, we've talked about when we did our preview is that this card sort of like on paper it's like solid, but it's like you would almost want bigger matches for what they've kind of been building up the entire time yeah. for for this show, and we didn't really get that per se. I mean, we obviously got hair versus hair and mask versus match. But you're expecting a little bit more for their 90th anniversary show. And, you know, we didn't necessarily get those sort of things. But it was still, I thought, just like to, to go back to like how CML have been all years. Like, yeah, we didn't get a Rocky Romero Mystico match or something. But we got the six man and it was great. And it was, you know what I mean? It was like, they're still delivering despite, you know, it's almost, it's like they sold out the show on a card that everyone was like, it's kind of subpar. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then they delivered on a great show. So it's like, damn, they're just that good right now of like, they can really do this. And I thought that match was great. Rocky and TJP were good. Kevin Knight was good with what he gave. He, the problem with Kevin Knight though, is that he's such a natural baby face that you can actively see him like struggling to be a heel <laughs> for, a, for a good while. Uh, but he just got to do like his stuff. Yeah. He's awesome. Yes. Um, because he does things that no one else can do. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Alvador Jr. obviously was the MVP of the night with the shoulder. Shoot injury, apparently. Real injury, yeah. And he just had such a fantastic performance in that hair versus hair match. Yeah. I thought uh, Angel Del De Oro, uh, he was great in that match. Obviously, they worked through that perfectly. Mm-hmm. And the main event was a really good way to end it with um, – Dragon Rojo Jr. losing his mask to Templaria, which wasn't a big shock. Uh, if you watch CMLL, or if this was the first time you watched it, I don't know how you don't come back. Because yeah. this is, in some ways, a weaker card than what they put together. They're literally having Sober Rojo Jr. versus Mascara Dorada tomorrow. Yeah. In Arena Mexico. <laughs> it's great. It's great, man. This company's awesome. This year it has is. been great. That that Templario has been fantastic all year as well. Uh, he, he put on a fantastic performance with Dragon Rojo Jr. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm not a huge Valdor Jr. guy, but his you cannot discount the shoot injury happening very early on in this match, going on and putting on a fantastic performance through the pain you know that is something that it is obviously you chalk up to a fantastic worker fantastic wrestler and not just like oh okay let me sort of dial it back a little bit this guy is doing like freaking like uh, a high flying over the top moves on onto the outside 
with a banged up shoulder that's apparently like torn or something. No one really knows yet, but uh, you know, someone's banged up about it. You know, this guy's like still putting on like suicide dives with a hurt shoulder. I mean, that is, that is a wrestler, baby. That, that is what you want to see. Well, you don't want to see people injured, but you want to see like someone, you know, bearing through it. You know, it's that sort of like Cody Rhodes, hell in a cell match there where it's like, very early on has this injury and it just puts on a fantastic performance and bears through it. And, uh, mm-hmm. just it makes the match work. that much better. Makes the match that much better. Completely agree. Um, Completely. All agree. my favorite, uh, people of CMLO were in the sh- matches before these last matches. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, here we go. Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, they did a re- really great job, but, uh, next year, next year, I hope they put Dorada in the big spot. Kind of like they did Atlantis junior last year. Yep. I think that'll do him a lot of good. Um, but it looks like we're going towards Mystico versus Rocky Romero. So I'm in. Cooking. I'm in. I love I love Mystico. Oh, he's know. amazing. Like he is the best baby face. Mm-hmm. He's going to hit the same seven things and I'm going to love it every single time. I'm noticing a trend with baby faces you like between Mystico and like Muto and stuff where it's like it's always the guy that is like super into his own hype, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, like <laughs> it's always a baby face that's super into their own hype, smelling yeah. their own farts, just like I'm the, I'm the shit and, and I, and everyone should praise me. It always yeah. seems to be the guy you love the most. It's I mean, a great, like, it's a great baby face. Cause the people always love him back. Yeah. Yeah. Cause <laughs> their it, matches have the best reactions. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause it could be a heel move to be like, Oh, I'm the best thing and everything mm-hmm. should cheer for me. But when the crowd agrees, it's like, Oh great. That's a perfect yeah. baby face, baby. Yeah. There's, I think, um, there's a few that like are young <laughs> that do that now that are starting to do that. Sure. Um, I think Osprey's starting to realize that mm-hmm. I've re- I've noticed, I think Kenny does it a little bit. I think he, Kenny, he Kenny did it more a couple years ago for sure. Yeah, when he was in New Japan, he did it a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, he knew how good he was, but uh, it's a great, it's a, it's just a great character. Just know <laughs> you're that good. <laughs> um, just real quickly before we move off from it, uh, Stephanie Vacare, I mean, like the Hispanic Jamie Hader out here, throwing out, throwing out hard hitting moves, and then doing like a beautiful, like a Mystico uh, tope. <laughs> no, like. So Jamie Hayter, I want to see this match so badly, and I don't know in how, what reality we could do it other than losing Conan. Um, I want to see Stephanie. Sounds v- like a win. Sounds like a win. <laughs> uh, I want to see Stephanie Vicar versus Jamie Hayter so much, and I'll give you the spot. I'll give you the spot that makes me want to see it. Arena Mexico. Obviously, <laughs> Arena Mexico. Stephanie Vicar has a beautiful crossbody, and Jamie Hayter takes oh, yeah. a crossbody. So beautifully, yeah. That if if that is, I just want that spot. All I want is Jamie Hader to to do the spot uh, of Stephanie Vickers crossbody match made in heaven, folks. That is a that is that is. I'll stamp it here now. That is the Ryan Nightsey dream match right now. Stephanie Vickers wow. versus Jamie Hader. I want to see that match. That's a crazy match. dream match, but I love it so much. It's. It, I I so I want to see it so just for badly. the crossbody. Just for a crossbody. That's it. That's all I want to see for this match. I'm a bunch st- of people will get in their dream match: Danielson versus Saber Junior. Not well. That match ain't happening. We all know that Texas Death. No yeah. way. <laughs> I know. 
Uh, but yeah, that's a great one. That's I mean, a great one. I can't, I can't complain it. about that one bit. No, it, I, I really want to see that match. That should be, that should be, uh, very good. CMLL, go watch it. Yes, go out of your way. Definitely a very great, good to great show. I think in about there's... two hours, you're going to have to go find the link, though. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the downside of CMLL, folks. That is, you know, they had it available for 48 hours, and then now it's like, all right, Lucha Blog. <laughs> Where's your, yeah. like, give me that Google Drive. You probably subbed to their YouTube. I think that's like a new thing that they put up all their shows on there. I, I, I do not know. <laughs> I think they have a subscription, actually. Maybe. I, know that, I know that they started that. But you know, just just follow along on Lucha Blog's Google Drive. He'll upload yeah. it in like a week or so. That's your best guess. That's best honestly guess. your best guess. And he'll do it by match by match. I mean, honestly, like you 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 watch most of the matches, not all of them. But uh, I just the didn't other, watch the old people, and that's fine, and that's fair. And it was like a a, a fine match. Um, but yeah, even then, but even to that point, I think that it is enough of a varietal of a match that to go to the whole point of it's a great show because there was so much different variety that you can sit down and watch the whole thing and be, and have a good time no matter what. Um, even if it's a, a six man of a bunch of olds doing a two out of three falls, <laughs> which I thought bunch was hilarious. Um, next Sunday, we have two shows over in Japan. Last sort of topics. Well, here. there's probably a lot of shit. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But two shows that we wanted to mention, uh, and that was New Japan has a show, uh, Destruction in Kobe, uh, of course, in Kobe, Japan, at the World Hall. Um, uh, obviously, there's a bunch of tag matches and, and six man tags and all that nonsense. Uh, but I think the oh, Leo Rush is coming back. I just realized. Uh, uh, but I think the bigger points are is that we have five big time matches here. Um, and I want to sort of talk about here. We have the New Japan King of Pro Wrestling title match between Taichi and Cho, where I believe the result of the poll was that uh, their rest of their factions are going to be handcuffed to each other. So Sonata will be handcuffed to Evil and uh, uh, and so on and so on. I don't know who else. Um, there's the IWGP Tag Team Championship between Bishamon, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi versus TMDK, Mikey Nichols, and Shane Haste, which after... Mikey Nichols' performance in the G1. I am way more excited than I was going in. Uh, there's Shingo Takagi versus Great Okan, which I think is a very interesting singles match here. Tetsuya Naito versus Jeff Cobb. Not really doing a uh, doing a uh, freaking uh, uh, briefcase. briefcase defense, but kind of maybe doing a briefcase defense against Mr. 311. Uh, and then we, of course, have the world, uh, the main event, IWGP US heavyweight title match, Will Ospreay versus Yoda Suji. Uh, what do you think about all those big time matches for Destruction and Kobe? Um, Suge versus uh, the guy. Who's the guy? Osprey? Osprey. Yeah. <laughs> Just a completely true play. Uh, that'll, that's going to be Suji's biggest test. That is going to be, that is like, where are you in your development? Are you ready for the big match or are you not? Because I know he had a world title match against Sonata, but that was, there was so much going on there. You know, Sonata was just a brand new champion as is. Um, and he's in his first reign. Osprey's been here. Osprey's been in this spot. Osprey is going to do some crazy stuff to make you look like a million bucks. Are you going to be able to respond? That's the match that obviously you put a big circle on because it could be 
special, depending how Suji's able to go. Um, and then, yeah, the uh, rest of the matches are uh, fine. <laughs> yeah. Okada doing nothing's upsetting. Yeah, he's doing a tag match with Ishii versus Zack Sabre Jr. and Bad Dude Tito. Oh, that's kind of beast. Might watch that. Yeah, that's not fair. That's not uh, not that bad. Uh, yeah, I think the tag title match. I, like I said, I'm I'm very intrigued about that one. Uh, Mike Nichols had a fantastic G1 performance, so I'm very excited to see what they can do here. Naito Cobb, always a good match, always a great match. I don't. I think that's uh to be uh, very obvious. Osprey Suji, I think you're right. I think Suji uh is definitely a very good telling point. This is his biggest moment of his career, New Japan career so far. Uh, if anyone's going to give him a great match, it's obviously going to be Osprey. Um, I think the result is fairly obvious what's going to be. Oh, it's, it's locked in. Oh, it's locked in. <laughs> just like The Rock at WrestleMania 39, it's locked in. Uh, uh, so especially since Royal Quest has kind of already teased that it's going to be Osprey versus Zack Sabre Jr. for the U.S. Or it says U.S. heavyweight title. I just realized the United Kingdom heavyweight title. Cage match has it wrong. Um, you know, I, I think it is... An, an interesting idea. Um, I would love if Suji got the win. You know I'm a Suji guy. You know I'm a Suji guy. You know out of the, these three musketeers, I'm full. I'm all in on big Suji. That being said, Osprey is probably going to get the win uh, and go on to Zack Sabre Jr. Ref Pro, not Ref Pro. Uh, Royal Quest, pretty much Ref Pro. Uh, yeah, I um, I don't think he should win. You don't think he should win? Oh, okay, okay, okay. No, no, because. He did mention an insane theory of if he won, uh, he thinks Naito should win the world title and then make it a heavyweight title and the intercontinental title, and then he'll take the intercontinental title and then vacate the UK title. Okay, well, if that's the mindset, maybe he should win. (laughs) (laughs) The only reason I'm saying I don't think he should win is because... One, it wouldn't fit the Osprey out the door losing as champion at Wrestle Kingdom. That's just, you know, that's the that's the thing, guys. Like that Omega did it, Jay White did it. Now he's gotta do it. Oh, AJ Styles, didn't he do it too? Technically, uh, didn't he lose the IC? Yes. On so. the way out. So like he can't we can't ruin that. But also I think the performance is so much more important for Suji than the win here. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and I think this should lead to a big match for him at Wrestle Kingdom, though. Um, we'll see how we'll see how they do it. But um, I'm excited for this. Yeah, it should be a great match. Um, I know we're going to talk about this in a few weeks, but I just want to shout out uh, New Japan for booking uh, the the best never open weight six man match ever. The, <laughs> Not ever. The but, impact like, one. It's awesome. Yeah, the, the, they brought more C machine guns over. That's a win. <laughs> and Josh, Josh Alexander, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, first time, which I was sold on him being in the G1. So I wasn't that shocked when I saw him. Yeah. Um, I thought he was going to be locked in because he would have lost the title by then, but should be awesome. He probably was going to be until he got injured. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how they could have easily done Kushida instead of Josh Alexander. You know what I mean? And then they were like, nah, I'll do Josh Alexander. It nah, let's bring over Josh. <laughs> It makes complete sense to do Kushida, but they're like, nah, we'll bring over Josh. Why not? Uh, I respect it. I respect the move, too. Uh, Grand Ship Nagoya is Pro Wrestling Noah's next big show. Uh, and the reason we're talking about it is because there's the... I hate Noah. Because we hate Noah. Um, no, it's because the main event is the winner of the G1, Go Shiozaki. Nope. 
Nope, not the G1. <laughs> not so, the G1. So it was the. It, it's called the G1 now because it's, the G stands for Go. Uh, the N1, Go Shiyazaki, uh, is challenging here now against the GHC heavyweight champion, Jake Lee. I ask you now, Scotty, is the match going to be more or less than 30 minutes long? Oh, it's definitely going to be more. <laughs> oh, uh, God. What's the whole card? Okay, I'll give you that. So the whole card, at least the more interesting matches, is, of course, that GAC heavyweight title match between Shiyazaki and Lee. There is a junior heavyweight championship match between Hayata and Yoki Yoshioka. Uh, There is a match. It's Seki Yoshioka, isn't it? This is Yoki Yoshioka, but it is uh, Pro Wrestling Knowing, their English translation website stuff. Oh, okay, that's probably it. I think it's Seki because Yoki Yoshioka wrestles in drag. Also, the website got a nice little update. You know, like oh, did update. It? yes, it did. Uh, nice. There's a match I'm very excited about, and I Ooh, hope you're excited yeah. about the GHC yeah. National Champion Championship match: El Hijo del Dr. Wagner Jr. versus Psycho Clown. Cannot wait! Cannot yeah. wait for that. They, yeah. Psycho Clown comes in, and then they have that match on the uh, Marafuji show. Uh, Dr. Wagner Jr. like takes Psycho Clown's mask and everything. Hyping up, baby! That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm amped. I'm amped about that one. That should be. Uh, I hope. I hope they let them do what they can. You know, and when mm-hmm. I say that, it's like, let Psycho Clown be the brawler yeah. that he can be. Yeah, because it can get pretty crazy. That should be excellent. Um, a ta- GC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Title Match that I believe are for the vo- vacated titles. Yes. Um, it is Ninja Mac and Alejandro taking on a team of. Get ready, Scotty. My boys, Dragon Bane and Alpha Wolf. Those are my dogs. Those your, are my dogs right there. Dogs they sleep. are so good. Yeah. Did you watch the fa- uh, the four-way from the uh, N1 final? No, I did not. It was so good. And it's strictly because Dragon Bane's a beast. I got to go check it's that gonna, out then. I'm going to watch a junior tag title match for the first time. I <laughs> it, think this will be my first Noah one like in present day Noah. Damn. <laughs> damn. Yeah, it's the Just right choice. Eat usually. your heart out, Daga. <laughs> GHC heavyweight tag team title match. Saxon Huxley and Timothy Thatcher defended titles against Jack Morris and Anthony Green. Yeah. What in the world is that? <laughs> it's the it's the good looking guys. It's the uh uh good looking guys team of Jack Morris and Anthony Green. Yeah, I ain't watched that. Uh six person tag team match. Uh Naomichi Marafuji. Yoshinaro Ogawa and Leona, a guy named Leona. I don't oh, know. Leona. He's is it Toa Leona or is it just Leona? Just his just says Leona. Uh, it might be Toa Leona. Uh, looks like he just he's like a he's like a Tenru Project guy. It looks like. Oh, he's terrible. <laughs> he's so bad. Great, can't wait. He, he is a horrendous pro wrestler. Well, I feel like I know who's taking the fall here because they are going against. Kaito Kiyomiya, Rohei Oiwa, and Ieta. Well, good, the good news is Oiwa was amazing. So Yeah, big time star. Uh, you also have uh, other matches here. I'm going to blast through them here real quick. Kano and Lance NOI, what a dream team, versus Kasuhika Nakajima versus, and Adam Brooks, another dream team. Uh, Daga versus Junta Miyawaki, uh, six-person tag team match, Takeshi Sugura, uh, Manabu Soya, Amasa Kiyomiya, it sucks that Manaba so is all the way down here after having a great N1. Uh, versus Katsuyuki Fujita, uh, Hideki Suzuki, and Shuhei Taniguchi. A I mean, that-, that match is kind of beast. It's got some beastie boys right here. It's got some beastie boys over all here. All right, I'm watching that. 
Tag match between Yohei and Tadasuke versus Shuji Kanjo, Kondo and Hajime Ohara. Uh, and then there's a dark match. Uh, so that is the Grand Ship in Nagoya show happening also next Sunday, same time as the New Japan show. Go Shizaki, save us. Please, for the love of God. I am Noah. Go Shizaki. Puts the G in N1. Uh, please, for the love of God, win this win this title i we can't we, we need to. a we need to do a prayer circle for go shiazaki <laughs> to win this take this title off of off of jake lee i i cannot I, see i cannot sit through a jake lee match i cannot i i refuse actually you will though but no this, here's the thing though you can't refuse because i know you will this is what i want i want him to lose i want you know i want jack morris and anthony green to lose and then I want a team of Jake Lee and Jack Morris to challenge the uh, eventual winners of the GHC heavyweight title, Kaito Kiyomiya and Rohei Oiwa. That's what I want. I'll take that. That should be, that's fine. Let's, let's put them in a tag title match. I don't care. He can have that title. I just don't so want to see the title. If Go loses, Kino's going to beat Jake Lee. Yeah, probably. That's, that's that, that means I have to wait longer. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean what's their next show after this let's see uh, no no it hurts it's a demolition stage in fuyoka october 28th that might be a big show uh, you know i don't uh, even know did they have ended? yeah Noah the best will be the big show maybe Noah the new year yeah. so maybe the cano but that's december january and I don't want to yeah, wait. I'm not waiting that long. I refuse. Jake Lee's, I've had enough. I've had enough. He yeah. can lose. Yeah, he can lose here. And you can do Go Shizaki versus Kano. That worked in the end one. Uh, yeah. So, of course you can. I think that if there's ever a time, folks, to get back on board for Noah, it is potentially next Sunday. Probably should have been this past Sunday. But yeah, yeah. this next Sunday works too. Yeah, well, you know. It is what it is. Uh, <laughs> it it only matters when Jake Lee doesn't have the title anymore. That's that's when yeah, I'm, I'm back in. That's when the, <laughs> that's when the tickets will start selling again. For uh, uh, I don't know about that. In case you move, they're gonna walk back in the door. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Fair point indeed. Um, well, that is it for everything we have on our list here today. Um, so thank you everybody for listening to this week's episode of Ring Post Radio. Uh, Scotty, anything to plug? And of course, as always, give the fo- kind folks at home your match of the week. Yeah, um, I have not much to plug right now. Just uh, getting ready for the five star Grand Prix finals, which is not this upcoming weekend, but the weekend after. Um, I'm working hard also- to catch up on the five star, so I'm ready for that for that. Pre- preview review whatever's happening with that yeah preview, preview. then review yeah. uh we also have wrestle slam wrestle dream not wrestle slam uh grand slam wrestle yeah we have wrestle dream coming up we're gonna preview that next week so yeah just keep listening here we're gonna have a big episode we're previewing week. that next week yeah oh yeah god. oh my god because <laughs> the next time we record will be sunday yeah 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 you're welcome um yeah, are we doing so, uh, are we doing our nights on that Sunday as well? Because I assume you have to stay up and watch Stardom. No, it's on Saturday. Uh, there's not a Stardom Star- show on that Sunday. Stardom's on Saturday. Well, there is a Sunday show for Stardom, but that's at Cork, and that won't be live. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's on the thirtieth. 
So hallelujah. I we wouldn't do nights. We wouldn't do a show before Wrestle Dream, anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because October first show will definitely be uh in the morning, and then do Wrestle Dream that night. Because we'll also we'll also preview, of course, Fastlane. And destruction again, right? And Probably. destruction. No, we'll do that the week after. Um, oh, is it on like a weekday? Tuesday. No, sorry, Monday. It's on a Monday. That's disgusting. All right. Uh, yeah. So, oh, and Russell Quest is the. Oh my god. Oh my god. There's so much going on. All so of a sudden. We had one week off. It was great. Uh, but yeah, my match of the week is Naomi Chimera Fuji versus. Will Ospreay. Yeah, not much of a surprise on that one, folks. Mr. Fuji did everything he possibly could that was left in the tank in that match. Mm-hmm. He has nothing left, mm-hmm. but he tried, and that that was very appreciated. Lots of fun. Uh, Osprey obviously loved every bit of it, so that was that was just as cool. Yeah, that match is fantastic, fantastic. Uh... Go out of your way to watch it. That, that, I was thinking about was, this year. There was that chop like halfway through Ooh. that Will Ospreay gives to Marafuji like in, the, in yeah. the center of the ring. That was just like, whoo, hot damn. I, I just want to bring this up. Noah this year mm-hmm. has done the great Muta versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. Keiji Muto versus Tetsuya Naito. Muto over in a tag match against Sting and Darby Allen. Against Sting and Darby Allen. Katsuhiko Nakajima versus Kento Miyahara. And Osprey versus Marafuji. All just these insane dreamlike type matches. Yeah. You take those out. My God, what a brutal year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and Okada and Kaito. Yeah. Yeah. Like, those are all some of the best stories, matches, moments of the year. Mm -hmm. And then you just got brutality Mm -hmm. the rest of the way. In the form of normal Noah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't believe Katsuhiko Nakajima won that match, but that's besides the point. Yeah, that's that's fair. That is completely fair. Um, yeah, no. Uh, uh, Noah, that Marafuji match, definitely go out of your way and, and watch that mo- match, folks. It's so good. Uh, my match of the week. You can't take it. I was considering uh, uh, talking about it as I lead up into the Noah preview, just so you couldn't take it. Um, uh, no, if I can't have it, no one can have it. I, I will <laughs> say a match that if we did, t- if we didn't talk about Marafuji Osprey, uh, probably would have been your match of the week, and that is the Chris Sabin versus Leo Rush match for the for the X Division title on Impact Wrestling's episode one thousand. We previewed it last week, uh, and they aired that match on television, and it was really, really, really good, folks. Uh, Chris Sabin. Now a 10-time X Division title holder. Leo Rush, fantastic wrestler. Chris Sabin, you know, we're talking Marafuji is giving everything he's got. Chris Sabin's got so much more in the tank um, that he uh, was pulling out fantastic work, fantastic effort. Uh, like I said, Leo Rush is also just a fantastic wrestler. If this is his end in impact, I'd be sad to see him go because he's been great in here. You know, I'm sure he'll pop up somewhere else. Uh, but he was, uh, he definitely went out on a bang at the very least. Cause it, this match was really, really, really good folks. Go out of your way and watch that bad boy. Um, anything to plug, uh, uh, at Ryan, I see on Twitter at Scott E wrestling on Twitter. Um, we're part of the 69% that still call it Twitter. And you know, who knows if we'll still be on Twitter. 
uh, because I'm not paying for it. <laughs> I'm not paying. No way in hell am I paying for Twitter now. Uh, I know. I know. There's the eight dollar month stuff, but like, if everyone is forced to pay Twitter, then it's like, even if I paid for Twitter, there's gonna be way less people using it. So I don't know about that one, folks. So follow us on <laughs> Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. We have accounts everywhere. Just go to Facebook and Instagram. Check us out. Threads. That's still a thing technically, and we have a Threads for Countout. Um, so go to Countout Pod on Threads, Instagram, Facebook. Um, uh, I if you're if you're watching it, uh, then I appreciate you for watching the show. Um, I, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. Uh, should I say this? Say it. I'll say it. All right. So uh, what we're starting to do as well. Uh, is we are wanting to collect calls, voicemails from you folks. Uh, we have not mentioned on the air before. We've certainly uh, lazily alluded to it. Uh, and that is, of course, our new hotline that you can call. I won't be looking at it probably through the show unless it's uh, uh, definitely something I want to talk about. But if there are anything that you're talking about, I'll mention this on top of your next week probably as well. But if there is anything that we talk about uh, that you want to have uh, have continued conversation about or discussions about um, or just general questions about wrestling, um, you can always call our hotline and that hotline is 2525 ring PR again, 2525 ring PR. Um, I don't know off the top of my head what it is uh, not ring PR, but I'll look that up in a second. But again, if you want to call in for the show, hear your voice on Ring Post Radio, uh, we will certainly play it. Uh, just you know, tell us your name uh, and or whatnot, uh, and we will uh, play your voicemail on the air. Again, that is twenty five twenty five Ring PR two five two five seven four six four seven seven twenty five twenty five Ring PR. Again, give us a call, drop us a line, and we will listen to your questions or continued discussion and thoughts on the world of pro wrestling on Ring Post Radio. We hope to hear from you soon. Uh, that is it. Of course, there's plenty of other ways to support the show. Patreon.com forward slash counterpod. Uh, follow us on all the social medias, of course. Uh, subscribe to the show, Ring Post Radio, and leave a five-star review wherever you get podcasts, but especially Apple podcasting apps. Until next week, folks. We will see you then. Goodbye, everybody. This has been a Count Out Podcast. Hey, have you guys heard of the new show on the Count Out Network, the Ichiban Sweetcast? It's the brand new New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast starring the International Wrestling Grand Prix. That's me, your good friend, Curtis Spears. And me, your bad friend, Rafe Houston. And we're here to talk about everything New Japan Pro Wrestling, reacting to everything, getting worked up, getting very happy, sometimes crying. Kind of like like something else we used to do, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was the old uh, Okada Shorts podcast, right? Ah, that's right. And if you love that show, you're going to love this show because it's exactly the same show. Yeah, we just had to change the name. Yeah, we, we did. But you can check it everywhere on a social media handle that we haven't made yet. <laughs> yeah, we're really new to this. So <laughs> what you can do is search on your favorite podcast catcher of choice. Look for the Ichiban Sweetcast. Sweetcast, Ichiban.